Welcome to the Potterskew Podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my hetero life mate, Rico. What's up, man? What's up, motherfucker? Gang signs. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. <laughs> uh, how's it going, buddy? Uh, it's it's going. I uh, I had a surgical procedure this week, minor, but I'm good. I'm all right. Uh, what? what on, Quasi unplanned, but it, it's all right, you know. Um, I don't. Did I? Did I know about this? No, because, like I said, it was quasi unplanned. So I, 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 I yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, what I'm, happened? I'm, I'm okay. I went to, um, so you know, as as the audience knows, I'm, I'm getting up there in years, and uh, I, uh, <laughs> I've been, I've been noticing these like little brown dots on my arm. They're, they're. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I've been noticing more and more of them, so I started getting a little nervous about it. So I I, I scheduled an appointment with a dermatologist just to make sure. Listen, they can be you know freckles, liver spots, whatever you want to call them. I am getting old; it is what it is. But I wanted to make sure if that's what they are, that's what they are. You know what I mean? Right. And, and so I went and got a a full body uh, check for for skin cancer, and uh, so she did find one spot that concerned her. And so she took a biopsy of that. I've not, but that was just on Thursday. So I, I haven't heard anything back yet. It's going to take a, you know, like a week or something. So, and then you may remember because you've seen me without a shirt on. And yes, the audience don't get the weird idea. I when I was out there hanging out, but I had this like thing on my chest. It wasn't bad or it wasn't cancerous, but it was just that like this, like I almost call it a mole, but it wasn't brown. It was like, Skin color, but it was this thing that like was right. on my chest. Do you remember that or no? Did you never it, notice that? I, I think I called it a skin tag. I was like, it looks like a skin tag. Uh, you you might have. I don't remember. It seemed too big to me to be a skin tag because it was almost mole like, except it wasn't brown. But regardless, right. so I I said something kind of tongue in cheek about I wish I could do something about this, and she goes, oh well, I'm getting a sample for that. I can cut it off if you want. And I was like, oh, well, shit, yeah. So I yeah. had to, I had that removed. You know, we'll we'll see if I get a bill for that. But, you know. I I have one of those on the side of my head. And uh, I, you've seen that. I've got yeah. this fucking, yeah. like, mole that keeps growing into a skin tag. And it pisses me off. And, you know, I, I you know, the worst thing you could do is do research on what you think is wrong with you because they just basically say, oh, yeah, you're going to die tomorrow. Well, like, if, if it's if it's just a skin tag, no. And if you recall, I mean, without blowing up anyone's spot here, but Zed Zed Todd gave you a suggestion at dinner when we all met in Jersey on how to get rid of that without going to a doctor. It's true. So, um, I just forgot what the fuck it was. Well, hit um, him up. You could hit him up and be like, hey, I, it's, it's, you know. it's true. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it keeps growing. So that's, I believe it's a skin tag that's growing in a mole because that is, mm. that, that is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, 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 I'm already, I'm feeling already worse for wear <laughs> without just the thing hanging off my head. I'm glad that you went in for your thing. Um, and I hope the results are benign. Yeah, so to speak. The only thing I didn't like about the doctor, and I, and I say this very loosely, just in the off chance she's listening, because I was wearing Potescu t-shirt or something day of, mm. but is um, uh, 
they their office operates like when we get the results if we don't call you then it's good news like it's one of those no news is good news type of scenarios you know i, I hate that shit I, yeah i'm kind of with you i'd rather you tell me either way so right. if if they never call me great but <laughs> you know you know and then she wants me to come back in a year but that's just like a you know Follow up, yeah. yeah, it's nothing bad. So, uh, oh, you, listen, this thing on my arm that she was concerned about has been there since I was like 15 years old. It has not changed in size, color, or shape. So, so if I, you had cancer, would you would have fucking known by now? Well, that's that was my argument, and her, her response was, "Yes, you're probably right." However, I've seen situations where it doesn't get any worse, but it's there, and it and it. And while it may never be, like, cancer to the level of, like, killing you, it can cause other medical issues that you may have been dealing with and didn't realize was tied to it. Mm. So I was like, oh. So she goes, oh, I'd rather find out. And if it is, if we can get rid of it, and maybe maybe if you're dealing with some other stuff, it'll clear that out, too. I was like, well, okay. <laughs> Let's, you know. Right. So, so she didn't seem concerned in the sense of, like, it's going to become a bigger problem. That specific spot is going to be a bigger problem. But in that, it might just clear up life in general a little bit. So, Well, I, I hope it does clear up, buddy. I, if, I, if, I, it, if it is cancer because if it's not then it's just a really dark spot on my skin and then it's just there you know that's the thing we don't know so how fucked would that be if like debbie's been like just taking magic marker and like putting a dot on you like every night i i i I would say that except i've had this for many years before i ever knew her so it's not yeah debbie and your mom have been cahoots like they just be like we're just gonna do the ultimate like your, your mom just tells debbie like i've been doing this magic marker on his arm for fucking ever. Now it's your turn. No, I, I would agree, except the first time my mom saw it, she pra- I practically had to rip the phone out of her hand from calling the dermatologist because at the time I couldn't afford the copay, and that was uh, twenty years ago. So yeah, I I I, I don't. Your mom, your mom was covering her fucking tracks. She That's like, it. She... I got you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, um... well, I'm, I'm, if I <laughs> listen, audience, if I seem a little tired and not great, it's, it's because I'm still sick with something. Um, I, I keep testing negative for COVID, but I still feel like 200 pounds of dog shit. And, and it's, it, my, my symptoms keep fluctuating all over the fucking place. Like, randomly i'll get hot and cold sweats and some nights i feel like i have a fever some days i'm fine uh i will lose my voice so luckily you guys are getting me when i have my voice for once but like i'll wake up every fucking day sounding like i was like yelling through gravel and then gradually my voice my vocal cords will relax so phyllis Uh, diller basically it's more like harvey fierstein okay okay I, oh, good morning, Stephanie. How are you? <laughs> Stephanie, can I? Can you make me a cup of coffee, please? Oh, God, every morning I wake up like a gay Jewish guy. <laughs> ma, ma, go to your grandmother. Go to your mother's. <laughs> you sound like a mother. <laughs> That's uh, one of my favorite lines from, from anything Harvey Fierstein has said is from Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, you look like a mother. Yeah, that's a good one. I I always remember his lines from Independence Day for some reason. Yeah, those are those yeah. are the ones that stick with me about him. But you, you're not wrong about Doubtfire. So so I I am on the mend. I and if anybody at at my job is listening, I I apologize. I to be fair, I have written to them like every day, like an email, just been like, this is how I'm doing. 
what do you guys want me to do? And they're like, no, no, if you're sick, then, then stay home. So I don't, I, there's two possibilities. Either I do have COVID and I have that weird strain that just doesn't show up in, in COVID tests yeah. because I went to CVS and got like a real COVID test and in like the, the drive through and it came out negative. Or I just have like a really bad flu. Maybe you caught that Sydney flu. Cause according to Jay, that shit's fucking brutal down there right now. So and she and I talked about that too. And, and because the symptoms are very similar because it's not just like respiratory shit; it's also like stomach issues. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Like there, like, not to be gross, but there was like one night I ran to the bathroom seven times and got like maybe four hours of sleep, mm-hmm. and that was me also taking melatonin. So I was especially drowsy and like out of it. Like there were times I woke up on the toilet. I'm like, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> So it's I'm on the mend, but like the probability of me having to work tomorrow is like I I don't want to throw I don't want to not have a job and I don't want to sure. and I don't want them to be thrown you know to be in the lurch. So thankfully I might have to like be in a if I do go to work tomorrow I'll just be somewhere where I'm like sitting and like relaxing and still be able to do my job. But what I don't want is to be push to the limit where I make sure. myself sicker sure. because then that's another week of me not coming in and then they get pissed off at me and then I lose a job and then I'm homeless and you know, everybody just doesn't want that. Yeah. 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 So we're going to see how tomorrow goes. All right. Uh, but today, today let's fucking wrap this motherfucker up. Oh, you went there. I, I mean, I fuck you. <laughs> um, no, you're you're right. We we're recovering um some movies in the hip hop world today. Um I've had my reservations about doing this, not because I don't like these films, but because we're two white guys talking about the hip hop world. Um and it's true. and I I will tell you because I didn't get a chance to tell you and I, I meant to tell you pre recording, but we're here. So uh I will not name names uh to protect the guilty. But I uh no, but I reached out to a fan of ours that I know and and told them what we're going to be doing and said, mm-hmm. should we not do this? And they were like, no, you you guys both are champions of all communities, including the African-American community, A. And, and so there's no re- reason to think you would say something that would offend them. And then B, you're talking about the movies, not... And yes, you might you know cross over into the culture a little bit but you're not pretending to to know you you guys aren't gonna i know you guys aren't gonna bring it from that angle so you know so i feel a little better after having that conversation about doing this you know than than i did Mm. you know um a couple people have i told that the movies we were talking said we should have included get rich or die trying which i think you even recommended but uh, we're not doing that. We're doing Eight Mile, straight out of Compton, and then City of Lies, which is going to be an interesting conversation, I think. So I feel like that should be the end of this, <laughs> or, or the beginning, or the beginning. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. Because I look, I, I, when I pitched City of Lies, and I will take 
I will take it because it wasn't even on your radar. It's because you're um, a man crush on Johnny Depp is why it, you but, suggested it. No, I mean, look, yes, <laughs> I have a, I am a, I'm a massive fan of Johnny Depp, but it actually was less about that. It was, it was more to pertain about this subject, but I told you, I said, it's not an amazing movie. But it is. It does but, deal with this subject. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And actually, I got to tell you, I, 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 I enjoyed it more than I think you thought I would. So um, at this point, I don't have a barometer for what movies I recommend <laughs> that you will like or what movies that you will like. Period. So, like, uh, I, I, I think it's hard to rank these because they're especially City of Lies is so drastically different from the other ones. I think it's very hard to rank these. So. I, I, I think we should skip that this time and okay. it has nothing to do with anything. If you want to rank it by all means, but I can't do it. I can't do it. I oh, I, I can. Eight miles straight out, of, straight out of Compton, City of Lies. That's my ranking. I, but the I do agree with you. They are all radically different films. Yeah, I, I think I think if I was going to try, you probably have we probably have the same order. Mm-hmm. But it's it really, I think, depending on my mood, all three of those could flip around, and then that's and 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 like we say a lot of the times, that's not because I dislike one of them more than the other. I think it just depends on the the mood. You know what I mean? Sure. Because straight out of content is really fucking good. Like, yeah. it's it's hard to put that at a two. You know, but it. I I think I think eight miles straight out of Compton, while different, are very similar and are equal in a lot of ways you know well they're both films about well see here i i gave straight out of compton is more of a biopic than i i expected to be honest with you like straight out of compton is a biopic well exactly my point whereas eight mile is is not it's it's loosely based on the the experiences of eminem but that's not a biopic in any way it's it's a semi fictional semi non-fictional biopic of Eminem. It's basically inspired look, by is what that is. Right. Yeah. You you can look at like let's say 8 Mile is true and we know Street Out of Compton is true that the if if you just if you if you made like the ending of of 8 Mile essentially the beginning of of Street Out of Compton where it's like it's about someone who is like getting enough confidence to move up because you never see the stardom that but Eminem or or uh, B Rabbit. The the irony is though they came out in the reverse order. Mm-hmm. Eight Mile in some ways is a backdoor sequel to Straight Outta Compton because well because I. Towards the end of Straight Outta Compton, Dre breaks off and does Aftermath Records, which really does happen. I listen for the audience. I think you know this, but the audience may not. I first off, I'm a much bigger hip hop fan than people realize. I'm I'm a big fan, and especially of that era, that '90s West Coast, mm-hmm. Ruthless Records, Death Row, Aftermath. I was a mm-hmm. huge fan of that that whole. Uh, the roster of music. Now, the the behind the scenes shit's a different conversation, but the mm-hmm. the roster of music for sure. And at the end, is straight out of Compton. Dre goes off and he tells Suge basically, "Fuck off! I'm gonna go do this thing on my own now." And he goes and does mm-hmm. Aftermath, and that's when he signs Eminem. Mm-hmm. 
And if you do the math, because it says at the beginning of Eight Mile, it gives a date, or I think it just says a year, but it says 1995. Uh-huh. And that's right around that time. So, like, it, it if, if to your point, if you take Eight Mile as actual events, which we're not, we both know it's not, but if we were to, it basically is what's happening in Detroit while that just ended in Los Angeles, you know? It's true. It's um, true. The only thing you needed really to tie the two together, and again, they came out in the opposite order, so there's no way this they would have done this, is 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 Rabbit meeting... If you're going to stay with a fictional world, it's him meeting some producer from Los Angeles that's not Dr. Dre, but everybody knows who knows the story of Eminem knows it's Dr. Dre. Right. Or if you're doing more of a biopic, then it's him meeting Dre at the end of of the film, you know. I agree. Um, yeah. I mean and and then fucking what is that? That's another five years later, Tupac and Biggie both die and that not, affects the I, entire hip hop. It's like two years later because yeah. eight miles ninety five and, and they're killed in ninety seven. So it's yeah. two years later. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, you even see Johnny, Johnny Depp's trying to solve all the fucking like the hip hop conspiracies and and murders and shit. Well, we're going to talk about that when we get there because I got a lot to say there, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just have a lot to say there because, again, I was not as familiar. You gave me a very, very, very high level premise of what that movie was about when when you sold it to me to watch this for the for this recording. And I don't mean that as a as a like you deceived me kind of thing. But once I got into it and saw what it was about. I just have a lot to say, and I don't mean that as like a, it's going to be a rant or a controversial. There's just a lot that I can. I no, like no, I, I got you. Otherwise, so, we wouldn't be recording. Um, but eight. Let's let's start. You want to do it chronologically and start with Straight Outta Compton and NWA because you don't get Eight Mile and Eminem without NWA. That just doesn't happen, you know. I mean, but you also, I don't think would get a whole. I don't know if Street Outta Compton would have been as successful if it wasn't for something like Eight Mile. From okay, from a, from a movie perspective, you're 100 percent correct. From a real life perspective, I'm right. So it really just depends because you don't get M without NWA because Dre never. I mean, maybe maybe he makes it. I'm not. I, I shouldn't say that. Maybe he does make it on his own, but Dre's the one that finds him. Dre's the one that discovers him. So if right. you know. You you get where I'm going with that, and I, I honestly don't care. However, you want to start well, what, this fucker. Um, yeah. Let well, actually, let's start with eight, 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 eight Since we can't fucking decide, let's just. You want to start mile. with City of Lies? No, no. I think that's best left for the end. Honestly, um, okay. eight eight mile. Let's start with that because that's that's the first one of these I saw anyway. Um, right. In general, like when I watched it this time, I watched Straight Outta Compton first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had seen Straight Outta Compton before watching it for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to say when I watched it, I wasn't, I didn't think of it the first time. I didn't think of it as a biopic. It obviously is, and I and I and I should have known better. But I didn't think of it that way. I just thought of it as a movie about that. You know what I mean? Like, because to me, a biopic is one thing versus just a movie telling a story about a time, like a like a like a, a, a arcing time period. You know what I mean? Right. Like, um, and but the this, first time, I mean, this is very much a biopic about no, NWA. no, it absolutely is. But I just think the first time I ever saw it, I didn't think of it from that perspective. You know, I mean, you're right. I'm not. 
I have, I'm not arguing against that fact. I just don't think I ever really, you know, put that in my brain. I, I just took it as a movie. But you, I've told you before, I, when I watch movies for Potescu versus watching a movie to watch a movie, I, I mm. view them very differently. And I wanted to see this movie as soon as I saw that it came out. Again, being a huge fan of that that era of rap and hip hop, you know what I mean? Sure. So uh, it it was good good to go there. But with Eight Mile. I saw that. I mean, that movie came out in uh, 2002, it says here, and I'm pretty sure I saw it. Well, I mean, it was November, so I probably saw it in early 03, just because. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know I didn't see it in theaters. I yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't see 8 Mile in theaters, but I am but I definitely saw it on VHS when it like first came out. And I, DVD, well, but yeah. You know. either, yeah, but like, I remember... Like, despite not being the biggest hip hop or rap fan, I really liked that movie because I summed it up as like, this is Rappy Balboa. This is the rap hip hop version of Rocky. Um, sure. which is not a bad thing. And no, even though I was no. somewhat ignorant of of Eminem's career, I took it at okay. This if this is about him, then holy shit, like. He, this is this is a like a great story, and everybody does a great job. Um, and I remember being really like invested in in the character, which is good. You want a movie that? Yeah, yeah. You want to be invested s- in that for sure. Yeah, right. You want to be sucked in and have an emotional. You want him to succeed. Whereas, like, spoiler in Rocky, he doesn't win the fight, but he wins his own internal struggle and he wins his confidence and he, mm. he becomes a champion in his own way. You really want B rabbit to fucking win because everybody's been up against him. Yeah. Yeah. From, from the beginning, I mean, from, from the beginning, if you think about the, just, just the, the security guard coming back from the bathroom, like he, yeah. he clearly has the stamp on his hand and he's supposed to be there. And the guy's like, Nope. You know what I mean? And if nope. it wasn't for future, Coming in and being like, no, he's with me. I don't know. Think Rabbit even gets back into the building now. That particular night, maybe he kind of wishes he hadn't because <laughs> he he yeah. he ended up choking on during the battle. But you know, overall, you know, it's it's that discrimination from the beginning. You know, which is such an interesting thing because it's it's it is a a quote unquote black movie. And it's about a white guy who's being persecuted and 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 disagreed with and discriminated against because of the color of his skin. Mm-hmm. Like this is the I, I you know my stance on the term reverse racism, but this is still like a it's a racist world where it's like you can't do that because you're white. It's so weird. It's such a because you don't see movies like that no, no. that often. No, no, you don't. Um. But it's very prevalent in the hip hop world. Listen, I, I I will tell you, I've been a fan of, and I don't know why, like why I gravitate to it. I I don't want to think it's anything to do with skin color, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but I've I've always been a fan of like white rappers. Going back to Vanilla Ice, Vanilla Ice was probably the first like album that I owned. It's not the first one I bought with my own money, but it's the first album I probably owned. That and Paul Abdul's Fervier Girl were like the two first mm. mainstream albums I think I ever owned. And mm. and I I I had the Vanilla Ice on cassette. I know I wore that thing almost to the nut, like almost 
to the point of just there's no it won't play anymore. You know, uh, I had I had Snow's first. I had Snow's album. I just imagine you trying to play that too. It's like ice, ice, baby. It was never that bad, but but yeah, I, I had uh, I had Snow's album. It was mm-hmm. a, a white rapper from Connecticut that sounded like he was from Jamaica. If you're not familiar with him, oh, uh, oh yeah, awful. no, he wasn't. No, he was not. Ultimately, ended up not being very good. But I still had the album. I'm still a big Fred Durst fan from Limp Bizkit, mm-hmm. and he would tell you he's an MC. That's maybe a debatable thing. I know BET briefly had the Fred Durst put the mic down award every year for the world for the worst rapper of the year. That's what they called it, you know. But that mm-hmm. kind of speaks to what you're talking about, you know. I. I don't know that they were calling that that because he was a bad rapper or because he was white. Like, I, I asked that question. I had the balls to ask that question. Nobody would give me a straight answer. I Listening to very little of Fred Durst, because that was my choice, <laughs> I have listened to some Fred Durst. And I, I, I... Look, I think anybody who could fucking give a competent rap or rhyme is is hey man you you get all the props there are some of the rappers in this movie that in eight mile that deliver raps that are like way too long add way too many fucking words and i'm like look i know it's freestyle but like i also know you fucking wrote this shit behind the scenes and pretend it was freestyle like the the i'll give you an example the the guy that fucking b rabbit goes up against first like at least yeah. Oh, anyway, in in the first battle or the second battle? The first battle of the of the final battle. Oh, so the first round, the lickety lickety. Yeah. yeah. Lickety yeah. split. That that motherfucker added way too many fucking words and it doesn't flow and it's just like like even the last line where he's like, you know, and Elvis Elvis will start turning in his grave. It's like, dude, like you you could have just like I it's it, it was not a very good set, which is sort of the whole point. It's like the 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 insults are there, but he he could have won if he just fucking shortened it and and and. It's but it's in in a battle like that. It's more. It's not about the length or the consistency. It's about it's about getting that crowd reaction. So that's what he's. That's what you're going for in one of those types of things. You know what I mean? So true. But I would say the next fucking battle, the guy gave him uh, that dude uh, the fucking Snoop Dogg, you know, with fucking roids. Lotto, Lotto. He yeah. that motherfucker. Like he actually killed. Like I was like, oh shit. Yeah, like, but M still shut know, him down. I mean, or Rabbit M- just you know. Yeah. I. I, I know it's rabbit, but you're going to hear me call him M probably throughout this discussion. Cause... Let's talk about Marshall for a minute. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's so weird. Every time I see this particular movie, I I am reminded by the fact that my brother looks like Eminem. My brother Joel. And it's not just me. People have said, uh, yeah, he Joel kind of looks like Eminem. I've never seen him, so I can't speak to it. But yeah. Trust me. Oh, I, I do trust you. I just can't speak to it, you know, so. um. But, all right, so, the yeah, the first time I saw this, I was probably at v, on VHS or DVD, and I think it might have been, yeah, it, I think I may have bought it just out of curiosity because, you know, Eminem was fucking everywhere. And the sure. fact that Lose Yourself won a fucking Oscar. Of course, it took him, what, 10 years to pick the thing up, I think it was? 
is what they no, said. No, twenty. Was it twenty? Okay. Yeah, yeah, because he went back to perform a fucking like encore that no one expected. Like he went on stage and performed "Lose Yourself" because he wasn't there at the Oscars that night because he was like. He didn't think he was going to win, so he was like hanging out with his fucking daughter, falling asleep watching the Oscars. <laughs> and then they were like, "Hey, man!" Like, so like he performed "Lose Yourself" on the Oscars like what two or three, like two years two, ago. Two years ago, I want to say, yeah, yeah. It was like bearded Eminem. We're like, oh, this is a different Eminem. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad that he got away from. He got. We'll put it this way. I know it's going to sound stupid, but like. Eminem in real life was about as far at the time of the movie was about as far away from B Rabbit as you could come in terms of like his I think the the type of the style of songs he was putting out, right? It was still rap, it was still hip hop and and he was still flowing very similarly to the way he does. Mm-hmm. But but I feel like what we get from Eminem now and the way he looks now, the way he carries himself now, the way he, the stuff I've heard he's put out more recently is way closer to what, if B Rabbit had put out an actual album of content, you know? Right. So. I mean, because I think one of the things that I I liked about Eminem is that he was actually funny. Oh, was. So, when they announced this movie, right? Because, listen. All musicians, but especially I feel like hip hop artists want to be actors and all mm. actors want to be musicians. So I'm not it's not one way. It's it's both ways. It swings both directions. Right. But mm-hmm. so when I heard as much as I liked Eminem and his music, because I, I did, you know, I had the Marshall Mathers album. I had the Slim Shady LP. I had uh, the Eminem show, which I think were the only three he had out at the time of the film, you know. Right. I I was like I was in, but when I heard he wanted to star in a movie, like different if you want to just make an appearance and you know like like Common, Common now does do more in his films, but when when he first came on, he was doing like bit parts. He would do one here and one here, and and now he gets you know bigger roles. And but he earned it. He spent the time like you would and and did that. Eminem was getting the lead role in his own movie. Of, basically about himself in his first acting gig and i was like really <laughs> yeah that, that that's star power shit where it's like there are struggling actors that can't fucking make it and then he he just goes into like warner brothers or sony just like yo i want to make a movie and i want to be about me and they're like oh no problem uh you know slim we'll fucking take care of that and yeah you know, yeah it, 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 it tries i i agree with you like it is mildly frustrating. What really annoys me is when like it's a semi successful actor and then they launch a musical career and they have no musical talent. Like, uh, you know, like fucking Paris Hilton. Just mm-hmm. as I, I know we know somebody who knows fucking Paris and all that shit. I don't give a shit. Paris Hilton can't fucking is not a musical artist and she's not very good. But like that's something that she just like she sat around one day and said, you know what? I want to be like a pop star and then just like had a fucking song written for her and, and, and released a fucking album. If you can call it an album. No, it, no, and, it is. And she wrote, she wrote for the tracks on that album. I actually have done the research on that album. She actually wrote some of the music and stuff. So, um, yeah. but <clears throat> I get the point you're going for. It's the same kind of thing. And honestly, Eminem has only 
started one other thing that where he wasn't himself since his right. movie, you know. There was potentially another movie that was supposed to be a that was written down as a possible sequel to Eight Mile, and it was this boxing movie with Jake Gyllenhaal called Southpaw. That was originally supposed to be a pseudo sequel to Eight Mile with like, Eminem starring as like he like what he basically stops being a rapper and he becomes a boxer. And I'm like, that's more fucking far fetched than anything. Yeah, I'm. I'm- very glad they decided not to make that. That that would have been a very bad idea. So to be fair, Southpaw is a decent flick, but it, sure. it, 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 no, at but no it, point are watching and you're like, oh, this is totally Eminem. No, well, not only that, but if if they had gone that route and you were a fan of Eight Mile and you go, oh, what B Rabbit's a boxer now? Fuck off! Like whereas yeah. you know, he's so, a boxing rabbit. Yeah. So like the the, the story. The story for Southpaw, to your point, is good, but if they had tied it to to Jimmy B. Rabbit in and that world, it would have been very bad. I think you know. So um, <laughs> his his new name would have been Thumper. <laughs> right. Um, I. <laughs> I do. What? That's what Thumper says in Bambi. He's like, "Look what I can do." Oh, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. he like I... introduces himself every time he's a boxer. Yeah. Um. But. But he he did really well as an actor in this. Like I, I was I was pleasantly surprised, and 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 you could art you could make the argument how much acting did he have to do because it's loosely based on him. So some of it, you know might just be living. <laughs> it it must have been so hard for him to have to follow himself around for a year in order to study the role. Like, yeah, yeah. poor him. He, I mean, talk. I mean, Method Man, move over. Eminem's the real Method Man. Oh, how? My oh, God. Eminem. How did you fucking train to be a guy from Detroit who's white is also a struggling rapper in his heyday with a dysfunctional family? How did you fucking prep for that? Yo, I lived. Like, <laughs> I lost um, myself. But but you still have to deliver that, you know. I mean, I know yes, you're making jokes course. and all, and 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 that's fine. But you do have to deliver that and 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 make it, uh, like you said, you have to be you have as a you have to make it so your viewer is interested in that character and wants to see what's going to happen with that character and how that character progresses. And and I got to give him credit for that. He he did that very well. You, I I was sucked in from the very beginning, as as you were too, is what you said. So yeah, you know, I, I I would go as far as to say that some of the better debut actors happen to be rap and hip hop artists. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. I, I I when I said what I said earlier, it was not to criticize as much as it just no. it, it it just. It happens a lot, though, you know, and it, it does it, happen a lot and it doesn't always work out like this does. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. So, uh, but I the majority of the characters, I mean, like, Jesus Christ, even fuck, I mean, can, this if if this was not Eminem's movie, like it was someone else, then this would have been Kim Basinger's movie. I, I disagree. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she was fine. I'm not criticizing her performance, but it's not her. If you're going secondary, it's it, it's either Mackay's or Britney's before it's Kim's. It is definitely <sighs> one of those two before it's before it's Kim's. Uh, I I would say this is probably Kim's last great movie. I haven't seen oh, her do anything since. I, I would also agree with that. But you said second to M if it was someone else's movie, and I'm telling you, I think I think she's third in line in that list. 
I just, I mean, maybe Mackay, but definitely not uh, Brittany Murphy. Oh, I think it's one of Brittany Murphy's best performances that I've ever seen. You know, and sadly, I, she's passed, so we'll never see more. But, you know. I I, I liked Brittany Murphy, but in this particular film, it, she's she's kind of the Jenny of the fucking hip-hop world, if I'm really being honest. She fucking strings him along. She fucks she fucks his friend. She she's really doesn't do much to really help him out. All, all she does at the very end is fucking be like, I'm going to leave town, but I'm going to be at the fucking shelter. I hope I see you there. And I've seen like on Wikipedia, they're like, oh, that gives him the, the that gives him the courage to go up on stage. I'm like, no, dude, like the fact that she did what she did was what inspired him to go up on stage and be like, fuck all of you. I don't need you. I'm yeah. going to do this regardless. Yeah. yeah. I thought she was one of the worst fucking girlfriends in cinema. I'm not saying that, but, but she, she meaning Brittany did a, I thought she played it fantastically is what I'm getting at. It's not about the character being a good character. It's about, you know. True. But I also, I mean, I didn't see, I look, I, again, I'm, I'm not criticizing Brittany Murphy. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. I was sad. She was, gone but i thought she did like a better job acting wise in like don't say a word or i haven't seen that so i can't speak to that but i mean i know everyone usually goes to clueless and i'm like she's fine and clueless she was fine yeah but she you know like everyone like she was like the breakout from clueless is what everyone you know yeah but i mean okay like even though it's a kitschy ass film i would say like she did a she had more range in uptown girls than she did in in this one then in eight miles in my opinion she's kind of just one-dimensional she is flirty and then deceiving and then like kind of husky whispers throughout the whole fucking movie and tells him that he's going to be great and then that's it that's all she fucking does sure sure i mean i mean obviously future mckay pfeiffer you know, so much so that he gets even referenced in the song. You know what I mean? So this ain't no movie. There's, there's no Mackay Pfeiffer. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. do like the inclusion of that. Yeah, and I'm sure that was an agreement. I say agreement, not in like, hey, okay, we're gonna write. You know, it's in the contract. You're gonna mention Mackay in the in the song, but it was probably like, hey, man, I like working with you. I'm gonna work you into the song. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. I feel like that was because. Right. I think M picked him specifically to play future. Like, like M had some, some say in that, you know what I mean? So. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how, how involved M was with casting. I'm sure he had an input on who would play his friends for sure. Um, I like the fucking dude to play cheddar. I was just going to say, I wonder if he picked the guy who played Bob Cheddar Bob. Because that, I mean, that guy's a good, I've seen him. He's a good actor. So I'm not taking that. But I, that character was easily annoying. Like that, which might be what it was supposed to be. But, you know. He, he's the dumb friend that, like, hangs around. I mean, Cheddar Bob's your uncle. <laughs> Cheddar Bob is also a better name than MC Bob. I'm sorry. MC Bob is not a very great, is not a good name. No, I Cheddar think Bob, he, for I, some reason, has, like, mystique. I think he called I, Cheddar. I think even I think even Rabbit knew knew that and was just really like you're bleeding to death. I'm gonna you know, and then obviously he was feeling kind of stupid when he was laying on the couch a few days later. Like and that's what I liked about M's performance in this is he he very much conveyed 
Like, it wasn't just all street thug dude. Like, you, you saw a human being in that guy multiple times throughout the film. When he's one-on-one with Bob after the the shooting incident. When he's with Lily. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you saw a dude. You saw a human, you know, dude struggling with himself, but also being there for the people he cares about. He clearly cares about his entire crew. and cl- But I would argue even maybe more about Bob than any of them because... Bob needs that guy to 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 have it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, B Rabbit is is Cheddar's hero. He looks up to him. And 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 and, but at the same time, like we've seen other films where you get that character who's got a hero in one of the, the other characters, and the hero character is very dismissive of that mm. person. That's not Rabbit here. I mean, yeah, he 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 makes fun of him, but no more than he makes fun of future or the other two dudes you know i mean like it's it's what friends do they 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 rag on each other and they they talk shit you know but at the end of the day he's got bob's back and you very much are aware of that in that one scene like that scene was was pretty powerful in my perspective of just giving depth to 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 rabbit you know i i would agree and i would also include the scene where he is freestyling uh, before the battle at the end and then the uh, the free world sort of approaches them from behind yeah. and, and are watching and laughing because his whole rap is is basically teasing and showing love for cheddar yeah yeah uh, yeah I, I i still need to know why the fuck his name is cheddar like yeah no no what that's you, not explained anywhere that i'm aware of why yeah why did fuck did cheddar get that name like is it because he had money at one point and cheddar's slang for it or did he like fuck a block of cheese like what did he do <laughs> did he fuck a block of cheese i uh... i don't know um but i i do uh, fucking it was very very satisfying and hysterical to see eminem beat the shit out of general zod <laughs> how fucking funny yeah. was that which is probably the first time i saw him in anything yeah, fully yeah. fully aware that it was Michael Shannon. Yeah. yeah, you. I mean, because I've seen him in other shit that I had seen before, like Man of Steel and shit. I'm like, holy fuck, it's Zod, like like Groundhog Day. Right. We 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 talked about that. How he's like in that at one point. Um, and and I remember him like because I saw the movie once when I was a kid because it came out when I was a kid. Fucking Kangaroo Jack, he's in that. Um, but yeah, I would I would agree, and the whole. The whole scene of Sweet Home Alabama where they're fucking, because I live at home in a trailer. Like, Mm. that is such a fucking hysterical scene. It is, yeah. And then Michael Shannon comes out and, like, sings Sweet Home Alabama completely off key and is kind of looking like he's partially mentally disabled because he had a car accident. He's getting a disability check. Sure. He just, I've seen so many of those motherfuckers that are just like Greg Brule, where he's just like, like there have been guys that like my dad has had around me where they're just like, they giggle stupid shit. And then they're just like, Hey man, you got a cigarette. I'm like, dude, I'm like 11. No, I don't have a fucking cigarette. Not yet. Ask me in like five years, but no. And it's just that type of incompetence where they just don't know who the fuck they're talking to. They don't know where the fuck they are. They're just like, I'm going to ask a child if he has a cigarette. That's something that Greg would do. He didn't do in that particular scene, but I saw a lot of Greg's. In my, in sure, my, sure. Uh, but I, I, I agree. I think Eminem, he really showed. I mean, 
would he does he show a whole lot of acting range? No, but well, what he did, he delivered it well. No, I agree. There's not a yes. there's not a wide range there, but he he delivered what he had to, and he did it well. I, I want to dumb, double back very quickly um, to the thing you mentioned about um, the the Sweet Home Alabama scene, though. Yeah. Uh, to my knowledge, and I was trying to confirm this while I was looking for something else for you, that was improvised. Like that. Really? That wasn't. Like I, I think I think there was some direction of like talk about what's going on, make fun of what's going on with with you know Greg and and the mom, but I don't think that was that the lines were written. You know what I mean? The, yeah, the the uh, freestyle was freestyle. Right, right. Whereas whereas to your point, yes, the the battles were they weren't scripted by a screenwriter. They didn't sit down and write out a script, but they did re pre write the the battle raps. You know, uh, because some of the some of the battle raps require they have to know the story, right? You know? Right. Well, I, I mean, you could still I, I, like M M, and I was just reading a thing here. Apparently, M would change some of the lines because, like, he came from this world. Like, that's the other thing that I I did watch after I watched the film is like he this this battle rap world that he that does exist. It's not something that it was created for this movie. That's very much a real thing. Right. Um. M M said he did those for years before he got signed, before he became a, a thing, you know. And yeah. so he, well, well, like Anthony Mackie probably has no experience doing a rap battle or very little, if any, you know, because he's not M, you know. Mm -hmm. He, you know, and apparently there were other rappers that it was throwing them off because they had pre-written and M was kind of, he wasn't freestyling 100%, but he certainly was like improvising a little bit, apparently. In, yeah. in But he if anyone's going to do it, it's it's M. Like, that's the thing. Like, he he is one of the most talented rhymers I've ever mm -hmm. heard. Like, most rappers that I've listened to pre and post M more pre were very deliberate in their in their making the sounds you know uh line up right like mm -hmm. you know like gut and butt you know something like that like that kind of thing no but i'm just right. i'm trying to th i was trying to think of two that were different but similar enough right i've heard eminem r rhyme hinges with oranges and yet the mm -hmm. way he delivers it 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 not only flows, it sounds right. You know what I mean? Right. And it doesn't sound like he's, he's uneducated or can't speak. He flows that so well. The way he, the way he links lines and words together is unprecedented. You know, it really is. Yeah. He, I'm glad you brought the, the, the word orange because I saw this great clip of him with Anderson Cooper mm -hmm. and he said, and he said, I really hate it when someone tells me that you that orange doesn't rhyme with anything because I can I can rhyme orange with plenty of things, and he shows them, mm -hmm. and I was like, I I give a lot of credit to to M, and I'm I mean there are I wouldn't go as far as to say that I I listen to other rap and hip hop artists because most of the time I'm not the biggest fan, and it's because it's just not. It's not my jam, man. Sure. It's, it's not sure. my thing. But I do appreciate when an artist has something to say apart from I got bitches and I got money. 
You know I, what I'm I saying? Agree, like, I, I agree, which is why I think I prefer that 90s, you know, that late 90s, uh, or I guess all 90s, you know, you know, they right. call it gangster rap. I'm not a huge fan of that line, that term, but I guess that's, that is technically what it is. But it's, like you said, they got something to say, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, and, it's uh, a lot of it's tough to hear, but it's stuff to say, you know, and it ain't right. all about like, money and women, you know, so. Right. And, and there were, I, I, I had, all, I had plenty of Eminem tracks in my fucking sure. playlists and shit, yeah. like cleaning out my closet. I, there were a lot of dark songs oh, yeah. of his. Yeah. Like, uh, and there were a lot of ones that was like, holy shit, like this, this dude needs a fucking hug. God damn. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like mock mockingbird is, is another of my song. favorites. Yeah. Yeah. There, uh, uh, Lose yourself obviously is probably the most iconic. It's it's it it, it has it, even Steph like when Steph and I were watching the movie last night. We're like I cranked up the volume like during the credits. Like that's not a thing that most m- movies require, where no. you l- you turn the volume up during the end credits because most of the time it's just like oh it's the fucking end credits unless it's the mcu i don't really give a shit you know what i mean right, right. and yeah yeah this, this was one of the first movies that made you give a shit about the credits long before there was post-credit scenes or weird shit going on in the credits because that song is so damn good you know mm-hmm. i can name two movies pre-mcu where i would where i did exactly what you're talking about the first one is in no particular order. I was going to say first one, but there's not really an order. But this is one of them for the mm-hmm. same reason. And Mission Impossible 2 because of the Metallica song, which only appears in the in the post credit. You know. Sure. But yeah. I yeah I I I think Eight Miles is very good. I think the entire cast delivers. Um, and that's not to say I was critic. I was critical of britney murphy no i just i I, it's just the character is nice to see something happen sure that wasn't so bad yeah yeah yeah. i i agree um no you're 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 not wrong though i mean but you got to think about think about there's not i mean outside of kim there's not a lot of heavy names in this at least at the time think about the time too anthony this is anthony mackie's first movie yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows him now as, you know, Falcon, but, you know, right. and other stuff. He's done other things I know, but I think he's probably most prominently known for being Falcon, I would say, you know. I, I would agree. Um, I mean, Brittany, Brittany Murphy's probably one of the bigger names in the film at the time. You know what I mean? And, sure. And then Mackay Pfeiffer, same. Yeah, but then what happened to Mackay Pfeiffer? I haven't seen him in do jack shit. He, he had a string for a while there. He had and he had a run on ER. I think he was on ER for two seasons as a doctor. Oh, was he? oh yeah, 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 yeah. He had a, he had a big role there. Um, I was actually just looking up Kim Basinger because you would mention she's worked consistently since, believe it or not. Um, yeah, but nothing huge. Huge? I, I yeah, I don't know. I. I I don't recognize. I mean, she was in Fifty Shades Freed, but she was uncredited in that. Um, I, I never, I, I didn't see. And and it. in Fifty Shades Darker, but you said huge. Those Fifty Sh- those Fifty Shades movies did well, despite you know maybe it wasn't That's on true. our radar. They did well. You know? Oh no, those those were fucking crazy huge. I acknowledge that. Um, but like the Eleventh Hour sounds familiar to me. Is that 
familiar to you? No. I've okay. never heard. I, I know the 25th hour. I don't know the 11th hour. Maybe that's what I'm confusing it with then. Because is the 25th hour a horror film? I, no. I, I mentioned the 25th hour last episode because we were talking about Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's that Spike Jones, uh, Spike Lee movie. Excuse me. Um, um yeah this is i think the 11th hour is like a like a thriller drama drama movie but anyway um makai like i said he had a run on er for a while as 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 a doctor it was like the last couple seasons of the show i'm getting that for you now um i wonder if makai and michelle ever made a fucking movie together just so they could have makai and michelle pfeiffer working together because they're the only motherfuckers i know who had that last name okay um, I, I, I just, I was just curious because I don't know any, anybody else who has Pfeiffer as a last name. And they're the only two that I know. He's of. also been on a couple series. I remember, I forgot he was on, uh, Lie to Me, which was a series that, um, um, I, with, uh, fucking Roth. I can't remember his first name right now. Tim, Tim Roth. Tim Roth. Thank you. Uh, and then Torchwood, he was on. Uh, I was. I didn't mean to imply that like Mackay Pfeiffer like didn't have any acting career. It's just like it didn't boom as much as we expected him to do. No, like, well, no because... one, no one really boomed from this. You know what I mean? Like Mackay, I think Mackay was probably the most successful coming out of it. But you're right, like it didn't last long. It had a short peak. But yeah, I'd, I'd say Mackay. Well, Michael Shannon was really the one who blew up. But I don't think it, you're right. But I don't think it's because of Eight Mile. Like it's performance. No, it's in not this, because of know? Eight Mile. You know, um, I think if anything, that, that that is the funny thing. The fact that like Greg Bruhl is the guy who fucking like come out with a career. You know, the guy who acts like the the borderline mentally incompetent dude who's like the the villain of this movie. You know, and he's like the one who's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna fucking kick the shit out of Superman. You guys watch. <laughs> I, you know, uh, dude, that dude went to our school. He's like, yeah, I know. You know, like it. You know, and then they, they later on during Sweet Home Alabama, uh, yeah. I actually have that on my. I got an MP3 of that. Now it's, it's clearly someone who was like in the theater and hit record on their phone and then like cleaned yeah. it up a little bit. So it's not great quality, but I at least have it, you know, I so, I have the same thing. I had all the rap battles on, on, on my fucking iTunes at one point. Yeah, I used to. And I lost a couple of them. My, my, my favorite is the, la the round, the whole last section with those three with, with Lickety Lotto and then Papa Doc, you know, um, he, he, I think that was the most frustrating thing for me about the movie the first time I saw it, right? Is I get there's a story, I get that whole thing, but I know what M is capable of. And yeah. watching him just like struggling, mm -hmm. it, you know, or, or there, there, there's a great, um, there's a great line from behind the scenes from Fast and the Furious Togo, Tokyo Drift. Bear with me a second. Is okay. I'm watching a thing about the drifting in the movie. There's a thing. There's a behind the scenes about the drifting in the movie. And to do the drifts in the film, they got like the top drifter in the mm -hmm. world to come in and 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 do the drifts for the movie. And I don't know how much you remember the movie at this point, but there's the, the part where Sean's learning how to drift, so he keeps fucking up and like you know spinning out and whatever. That yeah. guy is driving the car for all those. And he said it was the hardest thing in the world to not do it right and do yeah. it to, the, you know, and I, I feel like I wonder if M had that same problem doing this, like not 
because even the ones where like he he flat out chokes in the first battle doesn't say a word. But right. in even in the the parking lot ones that he does, where he does at least say stuff, it's not as good as the one. I mean, they're good, but they're not as good as that last set in right. at the shelter when he just goes after the free world. You know, that's that's Eminem. That's that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if he is B Rabbit on screen, that's M right there. And you know, I, and I I would probably. If if it wasn't for the fact that it was confirmed that he basically like he I mean I, I don't know if he improvised the raps on no. the, as they were filming he had to write them down probably so to be like all right I got to hold back this is this is B Rabbit before he gets all his confidence oh you talking the about the the, the ones in the parking lots yeah uh yeah I I don't know I don't know if those are improvised I know the shelter ones are written I'm not sure about the the ones out in the I, parking lots. I I would argue that the uh, the the parking lot ones are written because, like I said, he would probably have to be like, okay, this is not B Rabbit unleashed. This right. is B Rabbit stage one, where he learns how to like find his voice. Because there is a giant progression. Every rap, he gets a yeah. little bit more confident, I, a little bit better. I love the one outside the food tr- outside the the food truck uh, like when he goes exhibit? up again. Exhibit, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, it's not the exhibit there, but yeah, that's who that is. Yeah. Who knows? It may have been exhibit. It may fucking be exhibit. No, the character has a name. It's not exhibit, but it is that. It is that. Yeah, it's dude. Mike. It's Mike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Mike. I, I, but you know what? I what I don't think I noticed, and I've seen this movie a few times before this viewing, was because was him defending the gay guy. Yeah. Like I, remember I, I, ca- I caught it day one. I remember him attacking Exhibit and using a lot of the same terms that Exhibit was slinging at that dude, but I didn't ever notice it from the perspective of it. It was like, yo, dude, leave that fucker alone, and I'm about to sling it back at you. Like Because I always wondered in that scene at the end, but not, not the very end, but before he goes to the shelter for the final battles, where he says to the, that character, and I can't remember his name, and I don't want to... Paul, thank you, because I didn't want to call him the gay guy. <laughs> uh, that he says to Paul, "Hey, man, can you cover me for like a few hours? I got to take care of something." And, and what well, I always wondered to myself prior to this viewing, why Paul would be like, "Yeah, I'll do that," because it wasn't about the money. He didn't. I don't think Paul's getting paid for that. Like, I think he's just <laughs> getting the job done so that M doesn't, you know, or Rabbit doesn't lose the position. Like, I, I always interpreted that as. He's just standing in, but not actually clocked it, if that makes sense, you know? Right. I mean, uh, we'll never maybe, know that whole no, thing. We'll never know that, but my point was, if that is the case, I always wondered what made Paul want to do that. Like, what made him give a shit enough about Rabbit to be like, yeah, I got your back for a couple hours. And it occurred to me on this one, it was because he stepped up and defended him yeah. Two days early or whatever it was, you know what I mean, or yeah. the day before, whatever, whatever it was. So, yeah, and I I caught that from the very beginning, uh, because I remember that line where he says like when Brittany Murphy comes over, and he's like she ain't waiting for me, man. Yeah, like yeah, and that further cements if you're like not fully paying attention to what's going on, like oh this is the gay guy, this is Paul the gay guy, right? So that that. I but I I understood that it was it was B Rabbit is trying to be as good of a person as he possibly can 
because he gives everybody like, you know, a chance with the exception of the fucking free world and and maybe Greg. Yeah, well, and and Greg, neither of them deserve the free world or Greg (laughs) deserve really, you know, even Wink, he tried and then like and, and. that's another actor that like he was a he was around a lot in like the nineties and mm-hmm. he's one of those rare actors I'm like he is older than we think he is, but he still looked hella young the majority of his fucking career. Yeah, like you, I remember he Eugene was in a Bird. fucking Eugene Bird is his yeah. name. How old is that motherfucker? Because motherfucker like, is hold on, uh forty seven this year. Okay. And but, and he's from Philly. I did not know that. Oh, there you go. There you go. It must be the Philly water and make them look young. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Well, no, man. You've been drinking South Jersey water. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he, I remember seeing that guy. He was in a movie called Dead Man with fucking, it, it, Dead Man's like a weird, it's an, it's basically an acid Western because it's a black and white Western that's written and directed by Jim Jarmusch. Mm. And it's it's a who's who of everybody who's in that fucking movie. Like Gabriel Byrne, Alfred Molina, Lance Henriksen, Johnny Depp is the main character. Uh it's got everybody. But Eugene Bird plays this young like kid bounty hunter, and he looks exactly the same. Like this movie is like like he didn't age from like ninety-three to two thousand. He didn't age at all in seven fucking years. Um I thought it, I thought it was I thought it was really funny because I saw Dead Man after I'm like holy fuck he just he always looked this fucking young now yeah. thank, great uh, I haven't seen what he looks like now but yeah I'm I, don't, bet. I, I don't have a current picture it looks like but he's been in a bunch of shit. he's done also done a lot of voiceover believe it or not like a lot of video game a lot of anime animated stuff um, I'm gonna up just to see if I'm correct on this no you're right he's in Dead Man I saw it. Yeah. You, you no, like I, I just want to see how he looks. Oh. Um, bird is missing. That's why I was like, where the fuck yeah, is he? Oh, yeah, he looks exactly the fucking same. He I, don't, fucking well, I don't change. know if that's I don't know if that's a current picture, but if it is, yeah. I don't know. Um uh, This is from Okay, this is from 2005. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well. Okay, here's here's some He was an arrow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember okay, him an so, arrow though, so I'd have to go back and watch it, but Okay. Um yeah, man. I I totally dug I totally dug Eight Mile, and I and like I said, I I love the fact that it's of all people, um, Cheddar who gives B Rabbit the inspiration to basically just be like, I'm gonna just gonna talk about everything that you guys would fucking give me shit for. Yeah. I am white. I yeah. am a fucking bum. I do live in a fucking trailer with my mom, uh-huh. and like he just like he just unleashes everything embarrassing about himself, including fucking revealing <laughs> revealing that fucking Falcon is a goddamn. His real name is Clarence. Like, like yeah. I have heard fucking uh uh what's his fuck? The guy who plays Falcon, uh Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie has basically said like so many people have like you know like when people call out lines or sure. characters they say like <laughs> they'll give him shit for eight miles, like and Clarence lives at home with both parents, and Clarence's parents have a real good marriage, yeah, like yeah. They literally would shout at him, be like, "This guy's a gangster. His real name is Clarence." So just, I fucking love that. <laughs> it's not like, "Yo, dude, you were a Bill baby." Yo, it's Falcon. It's like this motherfucker's name is Clarence. 
What up, Papa Doc? Yeah, you know. No, uh, not even Papa Doc. They just call him Clarence. Clarence. It's yeah. the funniest fucking thing. Uh, um, I, I, I'm, I'm I, trying to think if there's anything else. Like I, I will mile. say one thing. I have one thing I can say is that I, the, I have done this to people, and I only do it to people I know that have seen the movie, so I, I know they'll get the reference. Some of them play it along, and others will give me the look like, really? But I still do it. If I know someone that's seen it and I'm walking away from them, like if we're leaving, like we've been hanging out or whatever and we're walking away, I'll turn back and go, peace out, rabbit! And then if they're if they're into it, they'll throw up the, the peace sign and keep walking. And if not, they'll give me the look back. Like They'll still get the reference, but they're not, you know. But yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll throw that line out from time to time. So It's it's still a good movie. I, I, it really is. It, hold, I... it holds up. holds up really well. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it probably seven or eight times in my life, and I, each time I'm like, "This is still a great fucking I, movie." I'm probably more than that with then, yeah. yeah but I agree, it holds up. I, so. I think I see it like I, I rewatch it like once every five years, I, you know. And there was a there was a time where I watched it a lot because it was like one of the few DVDs or VHSs that was over at Michael's house, mm. which is weird because I don't even know why Michael had it. It's not like he was a big, massive Eminem fan. I think he was just like, we, he, we like the story and we well, like, I was the... going to say, I, I think, I think you can not necessarily be a huge rap fan and still find enjoyment in this movie. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think yeah. if you, then if you are a fan of rap or even more specifically M, then you like it that much more. But if you, even if you don't, I think, and that's what I think makes this movie so successful is that you could draw anybody in. Like, yeah, it had its core audience for sure. Yeah. You know, but, but it could draw everybody else in and not all movies, especially something that's niche based like this is can do that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's a big part of that. And I think that goes with the success of, of our next movie, Straight Outta Compton. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Straight Outta Compton, very similar in, in musical style, but very different from 8 Mile, you know? Uh, yeah, this is, this is more of a straightforward... Well, let me ask you this. If I were to describe... This is a biopic, right? And there is... It's a story about a band that gets together has massive amounts of success. One of them splits away from the group to try and do their own thing. And then uh, they they have a complete falling out. And then one of them uh, gets HIV and then they try to like reconnect. Right. What what movie am I talking about? Yes, except the difference is they try to reconnect before the HIV di diagnosis in, in, in this one. But yes, it's 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 it's. I'm making a joke, but it's Black Queen. <laughs> it, it 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 really is Bohemian raps. Bohemian rap. Yeah, yeah. Although, <laughs> to be fair, I'm I'm confident Straight Outta Compton came out first. I think in order. Yeah, it came out in 2015. I actually saw it in theaters, which may surprise some of our listeners, but including that was, me. Well, that was largely due to um, LHO. LHO okay. wanted to see this flick, and I went in more or less completely blind. Um, and like we were discussing earlier, is like I was not the biggest fan of of um, rap or hip hop, and so I virtually went in blind 
to Straight Outta Compton. Like I had heard some of the songs, like "Fuck the Police" and sure. and, and and Straight Outta Compton, not, and I've not I had heard you other have... songs from like Snoop and Tupac and shit. Dre. I'm sure, and and, and I'm without I'm sure... knowing it was Dre. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, okay. I was, but I'm sure you can. Can let me ask you this. Did you go into it at least knowing the names Ice Cube and Dr. Dre? Did you at least know who those people, that those were rappers that were prominent? I mean. Yes. Yes. So, but I didn't know that they they were all part of a group called NWA. NWA. Yeah, no, NWA is, if if you're deep into hip hop and rap, obviously everybody knows NWA. Because NWA is the Nirvana, the Queen, the Black Sabbath, the Led Zeppelin, the what give use your analogy for hip hop for sure. Right. It's it's right up there with um Fab Fred Fab um, the Fabulous uh Freddie and the Fabulous Five, I believe is the name of the group. That's like that's like predates NWA. That's like one of the first rap groups, period. You know, so there there are a couple in, in the world, but NWA is probably the the biggest game changer. And that's why I would mm-hmm. equate it more to like a Nirvana because Nirvana changed music from that 80s hair metal to what it became with grunge. the alternative grunge and, and alternative and, and so forth. And um, while, you know, my my thoughts are Nirvana is probably not the best band from that era, despite the fact they're the ones that, that set the groundwork for it. I would say NWA is the best. The, you, 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 you're not going to find a better collection of like I know some people would argue the Wu Tang Clan. Mm-mm. I'll 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 take NWA over the Wu Tang Clan any day of the week. You know, I I mean I know all of these things, but like I <laughs> don't know have the, the. I'm saying names of things that you know. No, like... I, I know I know all of them except for that fucking one that you were talking about was before whatever the fucking. Uh, fear. Uh, I'll look it up. It's 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 fury. It's um. It's fabulous. Freddy and the Furious Five, I think, is the name of the group. They're they're the ones that do um, the you know you know the the rap if I heard it uh if I played it I mean you you know it it's you know keep from going under you know ha ha okay ha, ha. yeah you would know it if you heard it it sounds like I hate it because it it, it came out pre but it sounds like Butthead trying to rap now unfortunately because they do like the Butthead laugh in the middle of it mm. it's yeah. But I, I enjoyed the shit out of Street Out of Compton. That's a great when, when movie. I, yeah, it's a great, great movie. movie, and it was a giant party. Like, oh, I'm sure uh, in Oakland, despite the fact yeah. that it's northern. I bet that was yeah. Uh, oh, the irony was that <laughs> this is I I saw it at the theater that I now work at, but like I remember it had a fucking line around the corner. Like, oh, I believe it. Yeah. Outside the theater, like it just kept going on and on and on. And I looked at Joe and I was like, what the fuck is going on? I've the only other thing I've seen lines like this were Star Star Wars Wars movies or or MCU. Like it was unfathomable to me. And I didn't understand how uh, how beloved nwa was especially, oh. i mean i i suspected but i had no fucking clue so when we went in this was one of those movies where i was like, like i'm not a fan of when anyone is like talking during the movie whether oh, i work they had the to be, they or, had to be yelling lyrics back to the screen throughout the film so much yeah, and i yeah. and i was like one 
I ain't going to say shit now. <laughs> yeah, smart idea. <laughs> Two, I was really, like, I was caught up in the party. It was like, you know. Oh, it, it had to be like being at a concert. It had to it, be like being at a concert. It really was. I mean, like, I, I don't want this to be misconstrued as racist, but it was like being invited to a fucking cookout. Like, it was, like, when, and I, <laughs> I have a, fr- I have a friend who is black, and I know it's the stupidest, the most white thing to say, but like, yeah. I legit yeah. do. And I worked with him at another movie theater, and he made this joke because he made a Facebook post about the things that you, that you would like, pick one that you would like that can go away forever and it was like all things that you would require to bring in a cookout yeah and and someone kept saying oh no cornbread get rid of the fucking cornbread i'm like no dude you don't get rid of the cornbread like the cornbread is essential and my friend billy was like you are definitely invited to cookout (laughs) and (laughs) and it became this fucking running theme where i like periodically will hit him up i'm like when am i going to this fucking cookout bitch like what's gonna happen and he's just (laughs) like when i'm invited to one i'll let you know and so i've never been actually at a cookout but i've been invited i have once yeah Yeah. it was my it was my buddy's wedding reception but they they very much did it cookout style and and yeah that was an it was an experience and i don't say that in a in any kind of bad way or reservation um but it it was an experience to say the least and and one i won't soon forget that's for damn sure you know uh i even said to him because i've talked to him quite a few times since then and uh the DJ they hired was was not a wedding DJ. We'll put it that way, right? You know. Okay. So this is a guy who kept, and he went by a name, and I cannot, despite what I'm about to say, I cannot remember his name for the life of me. But he had a drop of his name, like it's DJ blah blah whatever it was. I don't remember what it was, and like he would drop that in in the middle of a song. Like he was doing, like he was treating this like it was a like a DJ performance, not a right. wedding reception. And as the lone white guy at this thing, and I do mean that, like Deb, Deb was with me at the time, so the only the lone white people at this thing, the token it, white people, for sure. You know what yeah. I mean? It was, it was. uh it was an experience, and and we hung out for a bit and had a good time. We had a good time, and everything was fine. It was no problems. We got along with everybody. We all had some laughs. It was it was good, you know. But I did get a lot out of like, how do you know them? <laughs> like I did, I did get a whole bunch of that. Like, and so did Dev. But Dev's Dev had the the, the building default of I'm with him, so that right. that deflected over to me, and it would be like, so how do you know them? <laughs> you, know? you just should have been like from our church. Yeah, no, 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 because this was the guy that I worked with at the label with. I was I was his Mm. second in command. So it was um, it was that. And 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 as soon as I said that, everyone was like, oh, dude, that's awesome. And started asking a bunch of questions about the time that we worked together. And it was really fun to talk about. But it was because he was off doing pictures for like two hours, dude. I've never seen a couple that gone that long for doing pictures. Because they got mad, yeah. they did the whole thing in in a backyard from, and it was partially because of cost. I mean, weddings are expensive. I get it, you know. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not dogging on it. it. Was it was well done? It was, it was class class for a backyard thing. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like oh, 
You know what I mean? Like you walked in, you're like, all right, man, check this thing out. You know, and so the, right. the the ceremony was in the backyard where the reception was. So we were all there. They do the ceremony. The bride and groom fuck off to take pictures and disappeared for like two hours. And we're all sitting. Now the DJ's playing and they're serving, you know, and it was BYOB. Mm. So, but nobody knew that till you got there. So everybody's so, like, where the fuck's the booze? Like, so no, so there was like this mass exodus to the liquor store that's around the corner from where he lived. And, <laughs> and like, like half the place left and came back with, with alcohol. It was, it was nuts, dude. It was crazy. And then apparently he had, he has a couple of drinks that he makes. Like he makes an mm. apple, he, one he calls apple pie. Uh, it tastes like apple pie, but that shit will fuck you up. Trust me. And sure. then he and then he has another thing that he calls black and white, and it's two types of Hennessy mixed. Yeah, that shit will get you fucked up too, man. I I was driving, so I was very careful. But man, I've yeah. I've had it before, like just because he, he he keeps that stuff stocked up at his crib. So like we'll mm-hmm. we'll just when we used to work together, I'd be sitting there working on something, and I'd look up, and there'd be a glass of that shit just sitting there waiting for me, and be like, fuck, you know, <laughs> and and. <laughs> You know, that's so. one of those drinks you're like, ah, oh, shit, I'm gonna be an <laughs> asshole, right? And 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 D D's not the guy you say no to. Like he's not right. gonna pull. A, and and I stress that like he's not aggressive, but like he's just not the guy you say no to. So it's like, all right. <laughs> so. I I did make a joke to my friend Billy, the 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 cookout dude, and I said, so when I eventually come to the one of these cookouts, I'm supposed to bring like the potato salad full of raisins, right? Because that's the most white thing that yeah. like, people are not supposed to. And, and he's just like, all right, it's been revoked. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Uh, um, but yeah. that was that was the vibe was it was like it was a concert. It was yeah. fun. Yeah, I can imagine. And, yeah. I And even L.A. Joe is more of a hip hop rap fan than I am. He sure. loves all sorts of music. He's he's like you in that sense. Right. Uh, but he was, I, I could just see the hands, like, you know, he was oh, fucking dude. rapping along. I, 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 I was sitting in my chair dancing during the thing. I was like, yeah, man, like. I, 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 I was thoroughly impressed with Straight Outta Compton, and I was thoroughly impressed with the casting because I did eventually go and look up I think everybody. it's. I think it's perfect casting. I think it is the perfect ca- one of the, and we said that twice last episode about pirate radio and um, what was the other one? We, there was another one. I just did the edit on it. It was pirate radio and another one. We said it was like basically past perfect casting. Um, Almost famous. It might have been. I, I feel like it's not, but it might have been. Anyway, the 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 point is, we we did say it. Oh no, it was uh, that thing you do. Is the other one oh, we said was yeah. good. Um, but uh, the same here. Uh, Corey Hawkins is Dre hit it out of the park. He hit it. I just didn't think he he resembled him that much. But I, uh, I think young, young when Dre. You're going for young Dre. Yeah, yeah. older yeah. Dre does not look like that. No, Dre, Dre put on some weight. I don't mean that and like he's fat, but compared to compared to young Dre, yeah, he's put on right. some weight. Um, there is one miscast in my opinion. The guy okay. who plays Snoop sounds like yes. Snoop. Doesn't look like him. You are 100% correct, and I was going to get there, so thank you for taking us there. Yeah, that that is the only one. Pac was fucking spot on. That was scary. I was blown away by that. I I almost. And when that came on in the theater and fucking Hail Mary's is fucking playing, 
I remember everybody in the audience was starting to rap along to it. And then one guy yelled out, Box Alive! Like, <laughs> Well, dude, I know. I, I don't blame it. The, I, for a split second, I was like, did they find his ass? Did they find the motherfucker and get him in the Is film? Like, hologram? Like, write something. Like, Jesus. And and for when because they didn't they did make a Pac movie yeah. called All Eyes on Me. Yeah. To be fair, the motherfucker who plays Pac in that movie yeah. also looks exactly like Pac. Okay, so I've, I've never seen it, so I can't yeah. just look at the poster. The poster okay. you would think it's a fucking photo of Pac. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's it's real I mean the movie itself I don't think is particularly great because oh, yeah. it's one of those by the numbers biopic mm. and then they take a lot of liberties. Okay. Like even look, I know Jada Pinkett Smith is is, you know, everybody has an opinion about her right now, but she was, you know, very close to Pac. She came forward and said, Yeah, maybe fifteen percent of that is true. Maybe. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I had heard that it about that particular film that it wasn't wasn't very accurate, you know. Whereas this film, not just the casting, and I do want to get back to that, but the the story is very accurate. And you know, you you and I've had the discussions mainly off air about Bohemian and the accuracy of that, and and that's still a discussion for another day. But Dre was on, according to to F. Gary Thompson or F. Gary Gray, excuse me, that he he was. Uh, Dre was on set all but like three days of shooting Mm -hmm. and, and, and Gary very much let him like give his input. Like he wasn't just there to watch. Like he was very involved in helping Corey get like the, especially like the DJ scratching they did early in the film, like Mm -hmm. showing like you should, you should hold your body this way and you should move your arm this way. And, and that whole thing. Yeah. Cause apparently, and I didn't notice till I watched this special, but, but the actual scratching in the movie is not by Corey or by Dre. It's actually DJ Jazzy Jeff that does the scratching in that. I, I um, heard, I read that as well. Um, I, I, I I didn't see the behind the scenes, but I, I did my research. Sure, yeah. Um, I, well, I did too. I just watched things instead of reading right. them. But yeah. uh, I, we have got to acknowledge fucking O'Shea Jackson Jr., playing his dad because yeah. that in his first movie in his debut yeah and holy shit is that not a goddamn revelation yeah no he like, he did very well but here, here's the interesting thing and and i, I again this was from the thing I, I watched multiple things but they're all on the same dvd the same blu-ray he a lot of people and myself included so i'm not i'm not this is not casting stones here is that Oh, it's it's Cube's son. Of course, he got the job. No, right. apparently he. It took him three years to get that role. Like, mm-hmm. apparently, like they saw him perform the rap, perfect. Saw him do the moments, perfect. Saw him do that interview where he basically tells the guy to fuck off by the end, and like that was another screen test. And so, like, they did the they did a rap scene. Uh, Gary Gary Gray was like, "Yeah, it was perfect." Does the other thing, you were perfect. Did that scene, he's like, eh, "It was okay." Yeah, like he he had to work to get that role. I'm glad he got it because you're right. It was, I mean, I, I mean, to me, it's a no brainer. You know, right? It, it it the only way it's not is if he's not an actor. Like if he's not an actor, then you don't want to. You know, like I, I'm not a big fan as we were just talking about with Eight Mile forcing people into acting roles just because. You know, right. so 
you know, apparently he was trying to be an actor anyway. You know what right. I mean? And yeah, to me, it's a no brainer having O'Shea Jr. play his father. That just he in comparison, the son of Easy E wanted desperately to play his father. He wanted yeah. to play Easy, and they tried it, and it just didn't work. He, it just didn't feel right. I, I didn't see any of his acting, but I saw him hanging out on set, mm-hmm. and he seemed a little out of control. Is the way I would mm. use. Like he wasn't easy. No, well, he was neither, hard. He was hardy. Well, neither was easy. I mean, that's the thing. Like you, you hear right. the stories. Like the stories are that he was a real sweetheart to the people that he loved and cared about. But otherwise, it was like, oh shit, there's answer. there's easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that was never Dre. You know, Dre. Mm-mm. Dre is probably the most level headed of all the people in that. In that group, you know what I mean? With the exception of his assault charges. Well, yeah, I mean, nobody's perfect. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying he's never had any things. I mean, there's the scene in the movie where he's, you know, basically eluding the cops in a Ferrari and, you know, the Mm -hmm. high speed chase. And that, as far as I know, is fairly accurate to what happened. So I'm not saying he's he's a saint, but Mm -mm. by comparison to like DOC... And mm-hmm. and easy and I don't know as much about Ren, you know, and and Cube Cube got his shit together pretty quick too. But even yeah. he was more like that scene that where you see him go back to the record executive with the the bat, mm-hmm. you know. That I I watched an unrated version. I don't know which one you watched, but I, um, I don't know. I don't know which version I saw. Yeah, but he, you know, um. But I mean, that's just the way things went sometimes back. You know what I mean? And 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 they did get screwed over. Q got screwed over twice. If that's yeah. as accurate as it's supposed to be, he got skewed, <clears throat> screwed over twice and almost back to back, basically. You know, there is something to say about Paul Giamatti basically playing virtually the same character in two musical biopics because obviously he's playing the the fucking the shady manager who ultimately steals and kind of fucks over the artist. Jerry, yeah. Jerry. But he was also playing a very similar fucking role in another musical biopic around, like, the same year called Love and Mercy, all about the Beach Boys. And he's the guy who was, like, controlling... Yeah. He was controlling Brian Williams. Is that his name, Brian Williams? Yeah, uh, no, um... Uh, uh, I'll, 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 I'll get it. But no, Brian Williams is the guy from NBC News. I know, but I thought there was a, it was a similar name as Brian something. The yeah, fucking dude Brian, from Beach Boys who yeah, like went fucking crazy. You know, he, he, he had schizophrenia and he, and dropping acid every fucking day didn't help. But he also had a manager who was like controlling Will, every Wilson, aspect of his fucking life. You were life. close. Wilson. Brian Wilson. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, Paul Giamatti plays both roles, and it's it's virtually the same fucking thing. So, it, it, honestly, Bohemian Rhapsody was just missing Paul Giamatti to play the fucking shitty manager. That's all that was missing. Actually, at that point, he should have played the guy that uh, Mike Myers played just to stay in character. There you go. That, that should have there been really, yeah. Um, it, I know, but, I love the fact that Paul Giamatti got this script. There, he's like, "You want me to be in Straight Outta Compton?" 
you want me to be in straight out of comp? Okay, I guess I'll do this. Like, and because Paul Giamatti does not get enough praise for being a he's a character actor and he can play virtually any role. I mean, I've seen him in. I think he's a little more than a character actor. He's maybe not a he's not an A lister, but he's definitely between that and character. If there's a level there, that's where Paul Giamatti sits. He's definitely one of the best supporting actors working. You yeah. know, because he helps yeah. elevate oh, and he could sure. play a villain. He could play a sympathetic dude. He could play, you know, a romantic comedy and he could play. It was a fucking MC. He was a Marvel villain. It wasn't a great one, but he was a Marvel villain. He was the, fucking the, Rhino. The first one, the first thing I ever saw him in, I didn't even know who he was when he's playing pig vomit in private parts. Yeah, private parts. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's also been he's, in The Illusionist. He's sideways where he stars in that film. He's been in this, you know. He, yeah. he, he's been in a bunch of stuff, you know. He he, he was, I remember, he's one of those actors that like, you miss a lot of his shit. You don't realize it's him. And then you mm. watch, like you go back. You're like, holy fuck, it's Paul Giamatti. Like it, he was in Donnie yeah. Brasco. Mm. And I, I've told you about Donnie Brasco a bunch, but there's this great scene where he is, what he's an fbi i don't know if he's an agent but he works for the fbi he's he's like one of the guys who like has to listen to the audio that okay. donnie brasco is supplying and he asks donnie he's like hey can you explain to me what forget about it is because it's a, obviously it's a mafia phrase and it's this whole thing where like depp exhausted just like explains forget about it and it's one of the greatest it's one of the best scenes of the whole fucking movie <laughs> and if you have to, you're like, holy shit, it's Paul Giamatti in this fucking movie. Um, but you know, he's great it, and straight out of Compton. You hate the motherfucker. Yeah, it, it's, well, yeah. And it's really interesting because I was, I was watching it and, and the extended version is two hours and 47 minutes long. So it's a long movie. Now I compared mm-hmm. it. It's about a 20 minute difference apparently between theatrical and and extended it's not extended. that it's not that thing you do that's like an hour difference it's it's less but right. um i'm watching this thing and there's a scene that i and i'm pretty sure the first time i saw it i saw the theatrical cut the very first time i saw it so there's a scene that you would have seen where and that's a lot of scenes in one sentence but anyway you you would have seen it where he uh there's a, a party at easy's house and it's just wall to wall fucking people, and oh, the pool party, yeah, 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 yeah. and and literally, Paul Giamatti is the only white dude in the room, or in at the place. It it it's Jerry, with the exception of, with, with the exception of all the white women. No, the I there might have maybe, but there was definitely more African American people than even even the women than 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 that. Yeah, so. He he's there. I, so I texted Delvin, uh, the guy whose wedding I was at, and also worked with at the label. I was like, I'm watching straight out of Compton for for the podcast, and I'm seeing, I'm realizing I'm Jerry, uh, <laughs> or I was Jerry. And it took him a while to get back to me. And he gets back to me, and he goes, Yeah, basically. And I said, Except I wouldn't have screwed. And by that point, I'd seen the the payoff where you see Jerry had like stolen from him and screwed him over. And I said, except I wouldn't have screwed you over. And he goes, no, I know that's why you were Jerry, <laughs> you know? So, right. but I know I, I definitely was the, the white guy. I, I don't know if I've ever told the story cause this kind of applies to, to both this and the next movie. Uh, cause there's all, 
but in both films, the Blood Crips thing is featured. The the rivalry mm. between those two gangs, right? Mm. Um, did I ever tell you about the time I drove to the studio when I was working for for were working with? I can't say for because it was more of a partnership when I was working with Delvin for at the and I went to the studio. Uh-uh. We found this studio that we were trying to partner with, and and for a while we had free reign of the place, and it was in a town called Vineland, which might as well be the Compton of New Jersey. Like it's, it's Vineland sounds like like GTA making up a city, like in San Andreas. Like it's not Hollywood; it's Vineland. Yeah, no, it's not that, unfortunately. And so I got lost, and I'm trying to. So I called Delvin. I'm like, dude, I'm lost. I'm trying to find my way to the studio, and he's giving me directions, and he drives me down this street. Now, understand, I'm driving a bright blue, not sky blue, like a like a cool car blue Evo, Lancer Evo, Mitsubishi Evo. And I'm driving down this street, and I'm going at, a, I'm going at the speed limit, but I'm going at, you know, not much faster because I don't know when I have to turn. Delvin's terrible. I'm like, oh, turn now. So I'm trying to, like, be ready for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting all these fucking looks, like bad looks, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm the white guy. I fig- I get it. You know what I mean? And I get to the studio, and there's a bunch of other dudes there, and I'm telling this story about, like, I got all these looks, and they're like, what street were you on again? And I said it, and I don't remember the name now, and they're like, dude, you're lucky to be alive. Apparently, I drove through, like, the heart of the Bloods in Jersey <laughs> in a blue fucking car, you know? You you have, yeah, you're very, very lucky. <laughs> so. Um, so I, I, I found my way to and from the studio from that point where I never had to go near that street ever again. So that was nice, but it was, it was, there was a moment G- of like, GPS oh. would have had your back. It would have been like, yeah, this, was, trust this me. was, this was pre GPS era. So, you know, know like, it, yeah, it, they were like, uh, please make a right. Please make another right. Please make another right. <laughs> Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Yeah. Um, in half a mile. Say a prayer. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, it was it 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 was that was that was that was scary. I I'll tell you that it was a scary moment. But but anyway. I've been through streets like that. You know, I, yeah, but were you driving a blue car? No, but <laughs> I was driving through a I mean it wasn't that as far as I know, it wasn't gangs, but it was definitely like I I went, I was driving and this one fucking this, this guy yelled at me and said get the fuck out of here and I'm like okay and I just kept going like <laughs> yeah I I did a California roll through a fucking stop sign because I was I was very I think I was also like 17 sure and I was driving a fucking old ass diesel Mercedes and those are loud so yeah. I I think I rode through and I was just like a loud driver without intending to be it wasn't sure. like I was revving yeah, the engine right, right, I was just, right. I was idling. And I was trying to fucking go to the stop sign. And this guy was like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, okay. And I just kept going <laughs> and almost got into an accident. And everyone's like blaring their horn at me. I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to listen. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to fucking right. listen yeah, to the people. Yeah. They're like, get the yeah. fuck out of here. Get okay. I want to go back to the casting briefly because I want to talk about MC Ren. Okay. The guy that played you're gonna, Ren. You're going to have to help me. Which one was MC Ren again? Uh, he was a guy that always had... Uh, uh, Easy's back. Like he never walked away. He was the guy that started writing when Cube left. He was the one who was it, a writer. Got it. Um. So 
we're, we're referring again, unfortunately, to the, the lost diehard, but do you remember we were talking about in that episode, the two kids that come into Zeus's store, his, his yeah. nephews, and I was trying to tell you that the one guy was Aldous Hodge? Mm-hmm. That's Ren. That kid oh. is Ren. The older of those two kids is the guy that's now playing that played Ren in this movie. Wow. Yeah. Well, shit. He he he. Everybody did a good job, even if I don't know their history. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. No. Every everyone did a really good job. Even in, again, the behind the scenes. A lot of the guy. A lot of the NWA guys, with the exception of of obviously Easy, were on set at one point or right. another. Um, several of them were in the film as other people. They like had mm-hmm. cameo roles, like popped up here as like DJ number two or security guard number three. Like they weren't like right. big roles. Um, but like Yella was there. And so like the guy that played Yella and him were talking to the camera. And the dude, I mean, they that's what I'm saying about perfect casting. They didn't just get the guys that, that like they looked like them and they played them. You know what I mean? Like they, they got did doppelgangers. Them. They really did, but for young doppelgangers. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it was it was it was well done. I love the story. I felt like it encompassed for for trying to. I mean, for trying to tell an eight year long story in in a two hour window, almost three hour window. I think they did a really good job of of getting it all in. You know, and and the inside jokes, like the fact that at one point. O'Shea Jr. is in in the first scene with the other producer, the one before he destroys his office. He's literally saying, I got a kid on the way. He's literally talking about himself, which is yeah. so fucking funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the by Felicia scene. Yeah. So, you know the line. Yeah. But now more than ever, you have probably got to be itching to watch the first Friday because this is one. It's Ice Cube, and you know Ice Cube wrote it, and he and it even shows a scene of him writing. You yeah. got knocked the fuck out, mm-hmm. and the director of an, of uh, Straight Outta Compton, F. Uh, Gary Gray, directed Friday. So that was like he's had like he's had his fucking fingers in the pie of N.W.A. and Ice Cube from the very beginning. Right. So I would definitely encourage you to check out Friday because we've discussed this like. I'm not saying this. They said this, that it was kind of like, it, what if Clerks was like in the ghetto? What, Friday? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, listen, I, it's not that I'm, I'm opposed to ever watching it. It's just not high yeah, on my it, list. You haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. Exactly. It's not like, it's not like if, if again, if you were, it, we use this example all the time, but if you and I were hanging out and you're like, dude, I'm throwing on Friday, I'd be like, all right. Like, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, oh. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you know, put it on. Uh, but apparently the by Felicia part that O'Shea Jr. says was, it wasn't intended. So he he was like, this is an obvious point to p- throw out by Felicia. Apparently. Apparently yeah. he did improvise by Felicia. And everyone's like, oh yeah, of course. Like, of course that would be in this fucking scene. Why didn't we think of that? Right. Especially because that it, was her... Wasn't that her name to like that was actually the character's name? That was yeah. that was the whole point. Is I think they were making a reference, but they didn't realize that they missed the obvious line, right? And I think O'Shea Junior threw out threw that out there. Um, O'Shea Junior has had a bit of a a career upswing. Like he's been yeah. in. Um, he was in this 
he was really good in the Seth Rogen comedy called Longshot. And Seth Rogen and Charlize. Charlize is a senator, and Seth Rogen was like a, is a journalist. And the boy, the when the, like twenty fucking years earlier, she used to babysit for him, and they reconnect randomly, and he becomes her speechwriter because mm. he's funny and he tells the truth. O'Shea plays Seth Rogen's like best friend, and he's really fucking captivating in it, and he's good. He also was in Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, and he did really well on that. Yeah, he was good in that. I mean, it, it would have been nice to see him do something more with the character. He doesn't do a whole lot, he, he, but he's good with what he does. I, I think, I think, unlike some of the other shows, I think we're going to get a, a second season of Obi-Wan. I think we are, and I think you'll maybe get more of him there, hopefully. you know. I don't know if, if I necessarily want that, to be perfectly honest. I, I do. I, would, I do. I would, rather, I would rather have a Vader spinoff. Like, I, that uh, would be the second season is just Darth Vader. Uh, if, if it's going to be if it's going to be Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, you know, based on what we, you know, spoilers, if we based on what we got at the end of of this run, then I'm I'm in. But you know. I don't I mean, I mean, look, I have my own. I've been thinking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi show and I I initially liked it. But there are a lot of things that, like, I personally have to try not to nitpick. Because if I continue to, I will right. ruin the show for myself. Right. That being said, the fucking final episode's really fucking strong. It is. It really is. Um, what else but is back, strong? What else is strong is is in yeah. is in the movie, but but also it was interesting to for me for to see them show, and this is a good segue into our next one too. The the brutality of the police department. Yes. Um, I mean, as someone, I'm, I'm going to use this term loosely, and I will explain it, too, just in case people don't know us very well that might be listening. As someone who lived through that time, now, I did not live in L.A. I did not experience any of the shit that I know hundreds, if not thousands of people dealt with from the LAPD. I've never even been involved, interacted with an L.A. police officer to this day that I'm aware of. You know, so I don't know what it's like to experience it, but I was alive and conscious and very much aware of what was happening in L.A. through the news and other media at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, so I I live man, I believe every second of what they showed in that movie happened. Like, I don't think there's any embellishment there at all. I don't. Straight out of Compton. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. Um, I concur. I have not dealt with L.A. police, but I have dealt with police. Yes, you have. And and I've had not numerous, but enough stories and encounters with Oakland cops that have made me scared. Every time a cop is behind me, every time a cop approaches me, every time... I'm in the vicinity. I get really fucking nervous and I haven't done anything wrong. It's just that unfortunately there is this stigma. There is the, they, they have a track record. It's just not the greatest of track records. Mm. And a lot of them, there, there are plenty of good cops. There's also fucking way too many bad ones. I, but you have, you, and that's the thing I think I want to, I want to stress too. And I agree with you. Cause I know, I know several police officers that 
I'm friends with and mm-hmm. and fundamentally sometimes we disagree on things but mm-hmm. what I respect about them is that despite their personal beliefs there's a specific set of laws and beliefs they as officers when they're on duty have to follow and those guys do it even then even if they don't always agree with it themselves they still the the, the people that I know that doesn't right. that doesn't blanket everybody because there's plenty no. that don't but there's also right. plenty that do, and I want to sure. stress that too. We, I know, I know several personally know several very good police officers that that serve, protect, and and do what a police officer is supposed to do about making right. you feel safe and and being there when you need them. You know, for sure. for the times that you need them. So, you know, th- that that said, that doesn't mean there's not experiences like that are depicted in that movie or like you you've been through do you know what i right. mean and and you know like uh, i there's a lot of them in there but i think i think the the most egregious one in my opinion from that movie is when they're all outside the studio after yep. they've been signed essentially and they're they're like having a snack and just talking and no one's doing anything wrong no one they're right. they're standing there talking i mean it's that it's not even like one of them smoking a blunt or some shit. Like nobody's doing anything wrong. Like nothing. You know, I don't even think they're carrying at that point. Like, I mean, not that it's depicted anyway, right? Right. And right. and what? Like five cop cars just roll up on them, and they're like, "What are you gangbangers doing outside this studio in this town?" You know what I right. mean? Like, I don't doubt for one second. Maybe maybe that scene didn't happen exactly as it's laid out in the movie, but. Did something like that happen? Oh, I'm positive of it. You know what I mean? Uh, it's probably a culmination of a bunch of incidences and events sure. that did happen. Yeah. But I, 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 yeah, I, I agree. I 100% agree. Because I've seen that happen mm-hmm. in front of me. I've seen, like, I will be driving by and I'll see five squad cars pulling over one black guy. It's like, that's excessive. Yeah. That's excessive. Yep. Um. I've also seen that enough for what it's worth. I've seen that here on, on a white person too. And, and I've, I've actually one time ran into one of the officers that I saw. Cause I live in a small enough town that I can sometimes see them and say, Oh, I recognize that guy or whatever. And, right. and I don't know him very well, but I asked, I said, I just saw you like an hour ago. Do you know, why were there so many cars there? And I said, I know you probably gave me specifics because honestly nothing was going on so we all kind of converged you know so so sometimes and 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 they didn't they weren't all sitting there with their guns drawn most of them were in their cars just sitting there you know well you know and i think and i've seen that before where they all converge and then like two or three end up driving off i might have just seen right after they all got there before you know because sometimes right you know you get the call come over the radio and people just they just flock and then once they see it's covered couple will peel off and go back to patrolling or whatever so it's not always a bad thing unfortunately sometimes it is you know to the point you were saying but yeah anyway sorry joe and i were driving through berkeley one time and we it this fucked us up we saw a black guy like getting arrested and they the police put a bag over his head like a fucking sack over over his head because he was i guess trying to bite them or spitting at them that's it or spitting at them yeah and they covered us but they handcuffed him and put a fucking like a like a bag over not like a plastic bag. like he didn't no 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 like yeah 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 like like one of creedy's black bags from v for vendetta or something you know like that kind of thing yeah 
like they were about to fucking kidnap him. And like our and Joe and our drive like we it it happened to be like at a stoplight. So we stopped and we saw this going on and we saw them put the bag on his head. Joe and I were like, oh my God, what yeah. the fuck is going on? And we and what really was heartbreaking is like the guy was we could hear the guy screaming for help. And I was like, this is this. I was like, Joe, we need to get the fuck out of here right now. And I've, it's, I've seen so much shit like that happen. Not of that caliber where it's been that bad. I've never seen anybody get gunned down from the police, but I've certainly have heard about it. And yeah, there's there's not a doubt in my mind that that scene, as it's depicted, something similar happened. Sure. And yeah, no, I, I, I'm i not saying it's it's not accurate to life, you know, that they But it's they definitely inspired by true events. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just don't think it's happened verbatim, word for word, the way that we saw. But do, do I think things like that happen all the time? Sure. Like, there's another there's another one, another real big scene where Cube's coming out of his, out of Dre's aunt's house where he's living at the time. Mm-hmm. And he literally just walked out of the house. And because he right. walked out of the house, the cops. Well, there was uh, there was other shit happening next to him, but that he had nothing like, to do with. Yeah, he literally right, came right. just like I'm I'm leaving this house and going home, like you know. Yeah. And I have to admit, I, I I thoroughly like from the very beginning where where he introduces Cube's character, which is Cube. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say because it is kind of Cube Junior playing Cube Senior. So when yeah. you like refer to him as Cube, it's like little Cube and I and Big Cube. It's Cube um, Squared, really, is what it squared, is. Squared, yeah. yeah. Um, he is uh, that scene where he's on the bus and the fucking the, oh yeah the gang yeah. But how he refers to it is like this motherfucker came up and gave us a motivational speech. I thought it was yeah. the funniest fucking thing. Uh, it was the best levity. For such an intense scene. But it was an intense scene. But what I think gets lost in that scene, I'm glad you brought it up because I would have forgotten it myself, is despite that he was, you know, was it was it very aggressive? Yes. But what the guy said was true. He's like, keep your head in the fucking books. Don't be me, me. Like. Yeah, it was know, scared straight out of Compton. <laughs> well, yeah, right. But I'm just saying, like, he he, he legit was like. The delivery wasn't great, right? I don't mean from an acting perspective. I mean from like a real life perspective. But he, but the message was like, don't, don't be me. Don't do this shit. Do do something better, you know. And I think that's huge. And I think it gets lost, you know. Yeah, I agree. It is that scared straight kind of like I'm going to be super aggressive and scary, so you learn and never do anything. Like you don't, you don't become a criminal. You don't become a gang member. Yeah. It's like you better fucking gang bang those books. It's like uh, okay, uh, it's hard to do that with a fucking gun in my face, but I'll I'll get right on that, sir. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> as um, soon as you get off the fucking bus, we can go to school. Like, I want to get to the music a little bit of this before we wrap it up. You know, um, the I think this the other thing this movie showed from a music perspective is the two things that I think really came out of NWA. I mean, yes, they set a trend with the new style of, you know, what they, they kept calling the, the, the detractors kept calling it real life rap, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it really showcased was two things, in my opinion, that that everyone who's into the genre or follows music 
close enough knows. Cube is one a genius writer. Like we were giving Eminem all the the praise for his ability to to, to blend words that seemingly shouldn't, right? Right. Cube maybe doesn't do that, and that's fine. But the things that he writes about and the speed at which he delivers it, like Cube's got some speed to his delivery that not everyone can do, you know. And oh, he, yeah, he's he's a he was a voracious, still writer. is, still is, yeah. yeah. Um, and then and then Dre. Dre's ability to, to to create beats and blend music, both of samples and original shit, is insane. Yeah, the dude has an ear like nobody. Yeah. I, it, it's it's insane. When you to me. when you can help discover and be a part of the up uh, the the OGs, the origins of Tupac, Snoop Dogg, fucking Fifty. NWA and, and Eminem and NWA. Yeah. Yeah. Dre, Dre is definitely a doctor. Like he, he is a doctor of rap. Yeah. He knows how to fucking He's bring everybody. Together. I would take it higher. He's a doctor of music because even that goes to like what he did with, with the earphones with him, in the, the beats by Dre. By Dre like yeah. he, he looked into the science of, of making music sound good through a set of headphones. That has absolutely nothing to do with rap music. That's just about music as a whole. You know what I mean? Agree. Now I I've heard because I don't own any of the Beats by Dre headphones because they're just way too goddamn expensive in my opinion. But that's a different conversation. Is they're all a little bass heavy? Like apparently mm-hmm. they're 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 very bass heavy when you put them on. Even with like even if your EQ is flat, the the they're just designed to be a little bass heavy. Um, right. Which which in hip hop makes sense, but you got all kinds of people listening to all kinds of different music through those things. So I'd be curious to hear what something like Metallica sounds like coming through those if they're that heavy on the bass. You know, I, I don't think you'd be able to hear anything else ever again afterwards. <laughs> um, you'd fucking you'd you'd fucking enter Sandman and you'd fucking leave death. <laughs> uh, but no, but he he he's a, and then like that scene where. Where he's, it's that first scene with Easy in the studio, uh, mm-hmm. after they throw out HBO, and mm-hmm. and have uh, have Easy do the the rhyme for um, Poison the Hood, cruising down the street, yeah, yeah, and it, you know, helping him find that voice of because like the first time he gets in, he's like cruising in down the road and my six four like it sounds it's it's awful like it and and yeah. you know and and i'm not going to be able to ever do it any justice and that's why i can do the awful part but you know he 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 helps easy find his voice and and he, do it yeah he eases him into it yeah. and and the interesting thing about that and they, they didn't depict it enough in the movie for me but I saw again on the thing that I was watching, they interviewed Dre and he goes, yeah, what you saw in the movie is exactly how we recorded that whole song. Literally line, record, line, stop. Okay. Practice, practice, record, line, stop. They did the entire song line by line. Like they never, they never did like a couple lines, got easy into it and then just hit record and let them spit. Like it never happened that way. He literally no. had to punch it line by line. Now, eventually he got comfortable enough with his abilities that he, he in the future recordings and obviously live on stage, he was able to just do it. But that first recording of Boys in the Hood uh, was literally a line by line recording. 
I would have liked there to have been a scene where it shows, especially easy to have something like, he's just like, look, man, we can, we did this line by line and I had to fucking choke through it essentially. But them going on stage for the first time, I I don't know. I don't know if it would have been true or accurate, but it would have made me suspect that Easy E would have had some form of stage fright the first time they're going to perform together on stage. I mean, it's certainly possible. My my guess is that, and and they don't discuss this either in the movie or in the special, you know, the 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 behind the scenes stuff. But my guess is that there was some level of rehearsal, even if it was Mm -hmm. just dry and easy. Like, all right, you sure. did good. We got you settled. Now we got to get you get comfortable to do this, you know, whatever. And then my guess is Dre brought everybody. Once he got to that point, he brought everybody back to the rehearsal space or the studio or wherever and said, okay, now you're going to, you, it's just us. It's just NWA, but you're going to do it for us. Like you're going to, mm-hmm. you're going to perform for us. And so my guess is that's how that went down. But I, I'm, I'm at best speculating. I've got nothing to base that on except God, you know, but sure. But Dre just strikes me as someone who's that, that prepared and that mm-hmm. calculated did not just throw easy on stage like that, like to get him ready to do it. You know, right. Um, the only the only scene that I would probably agree is probably fictional or speculated is the scene where Jerry and Easy basically have their falling out because the real Jerry came forward and said, that's all pure fiction. That never happened. And he said, I'm not going to tell you what we said because Easy is not here to defend himself. Mm. So why should I say anything? So if there was if if I were if I really had to pick a scene that was like we have no fucking clue what the conversation was and we don't know if it's accurate it's probably that scene. If it it I, probably I did happen something similar because Jerry was fired. I can't. So I, I can't, can't argue. It was a, yeah, yeah. I can't argue any of that. Me, my my only thought really on that is that if Jerry really did the shit that is depicted in this film i don't trust a word the motherfucker says so i sure but he's also not saying like i'm not going to tell you my he's like i'm saying i'm not going to tell you my side of the story because if he said it didn't happen that way well you know evidence to the contrary you were fucking fired so like something you must have done something bad yeah, he's like, no, oh no, well, no, they, they're anti-Semitic. Well, okay, that that might be true, but I don't think they fired you because of, of your heritage. Yeah, I think yeah. that'd be pretty fucking like ironic. But um, I don't know. I what? I just I just don't. Yeah, I, I mean, don't trust anything. A that scumbag guy has fucking said. manager, you know, is a scumbag manager. He did start them, and he did do everything that he fucking said he was going yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but he definitely took. He skimmed off the top more than he should have, and he fucked over Cube, and he fucked over Dre, and all that other shit. Um, one thing that I absolutely do appreciate about this movie is that they showed that Suge Knight is the craziest fucking worst motherfucker to ever even dip his toes in hip-hop and rap. And fuck that guy. Anything bad that ever happened in the world of hip-hop and rap, I'm just going to blame on Suge Knight, because... <laughs> Fuck that guy. It's really interesting you, you say that because as I'm scrolling down, there's a, uh, I was looking at the trivia trying to see if there was anything interesting. And there's one line here where it says, 
Jerry later said in one of his one of his greatest regrets was to dissuade Easy E from killing Chug. Yeah, I don't know if that's something I would have said. <laughs> like I don't know that Why even not? if because you're admitting that you 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 would have been an accessory at that point. You know, I mean, obviously it didn't happen, but I don't know. I don't know, but I will say that I don't know if you know. But the real Suge Knight was on the set. Mm-hmm. And then he ran over a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. That's how fucking and, crazy the real Suge Knight is. And stole a camera. Stole one of the cameras. Stole a camera, ran over a motherfucker, and he was like literally arrested mm-hmm. by the time this movie came out. So everybody in the audience is like, oh, fuck. Like the guy, the guy who played Suge Knight did a fucking amazing job mm-hmm. because he was terrifying and he was brutal. And he also like had this end of like, I got you. I, I'm going to fucking help you guys. I got your back. But there's also this theory and I, I kind of am leaning towards it that he allegedly was the one who gave Easy E HIV that during that beatdown in the studio that he may have stuck him with a needle. And the reason why is because Easy E is come for Easy E uh, his son, I don't know what his fucking name is, but you know fucking Eric Jr uh has come forward and said uh my dad had a fucking ton of kids, had a lot of partners, and no one has come forward with HIV or had AIDS. And not to say that that's in that's impossible. But it is very, very, very unlikely that none of his kids would have been infected or any of his partners uh, because clearly he didn't fucking have a have a condom on um, with all his fucking kids is what I'm, you know, yeah, like no, no, that I, he produced I, a lot of shit. I get it. Like, uh, I, I, I forget. I forget. It, I forget. It, I think it was Jerry said something. You don't need to have like 14,000 kids or something. And I remember the first thing I I literally yelled out to the TV. I asked Nick Cannon. But, right. <laughs> but, so yeah, there's this theory that Shug stuck him with a fucking needle. And Shug Knight has been asked that, or he was asked that. And he never said, he never tried to say, absolutely not, that never fucking happened. I would never do that. He basically played it up the rumor. He's like, yeah, well, you know, people get HIV all the time. What are you going to do? Like, he said this on like Fallon. Or like Kimmel. Yeah, or no. Like sh- was- sh- sh- look, I I don't know what I think on that. I have to absorb that a little more. Right. But what I can tell you is that it's it's clearly documented on multiple occasions by multiple people that Sugar's just a piece of shit. Right. You know, and yes. and if there was ever anybody who would d- willing, like, I but that's the thing. Do I don't. I, that's the what I don't. I, I don't know if he would go that far. I think he'd kill him. Other, I think he would have just shot his ass before he went that far. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, and personally, I don't think he was that calculated. Like, yeah, he thought some shit out, but I don't think he was that calculated. Do you know what I mean? I mean, to get a, to get yourself a fucking a, a needle that you know right. has HIV right. on it. But I don't know, man. I wouldn't put it past the motherfucker. I mean, you're um, right. It's it is it is it is a long shot, but like, can can it, I? Can I? Here's what I can see, right? Can I see him trying mm-hmm. to shoot him up with heroin, hoping to f- cause an overdose and make it look like he died from 
from heroin or something and and it didn't work with the needle had it you know had been used by somebody else that mm-hmm. was positive and that is what did it yeah that and and that's just in the by coincidence he grabbed that needle but he didn't know do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that i could absolutely see being the case but do i think it was calculated enough to just go and find a needle that he knew had it and give no i don't i don't i just don't right. i think i think he was any i think he's an evil evil fuck yeah and i'm glad he's in jail until at least 2034 because that gives me time to move um before (laughs) (laughs) um but you know he yeah and that's only eligible for parole you know um but yeah no suge dre made the right move getting away oh yeah you know moving over to aftermath and you know it makes me think about that scene with his mom when they're fighting very early on and she's like, what are you going to become? You know, and, and you do get a scene, fortunately, later where she hugs him and tells him how proud she is of him in this, that, and the third. But, like, I I wonder, like, when did she have that, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, when was that, mm. you know, uh, my bad. <laughs> you know, like. I, uh, you're, you're right. But I, I, I mean, this is one of those movies that I broke down when his brother died. I fucking oh, no, cried. I, yeah, and and Dre can't. I've seen like well past that time. He still can't talk about Tyree without getting choked up. Yeah, it's he, it's a hard scene, and it's you you under. I mean, it it elevates the story of like, okay, you really want these fucking this group of friends, these brothers to be brothers, and then once they start having their falling outs, it's like, oh fuck, guys! And, like, and, yeah, it's all you, about money. Just let it fucking go. You really hope that what you saw, like I, I believe the movie to be accurate, but some of it's unreported outside of the movie, so it's hard to say. But like, I really hope that that NWA reunion that he was trying to put together when he died was actually going to happen. Like I re- and and not for the music, although I'm sure it would have been fantastic. It, it to your point of just let's get this group of brothers back together and be like, hey guys, you know, let's. We're all good again. We're all together again, you know. And mm-hmm. you know, that's uh, like the, the guy that plays easy when when a doctor tells him he's got it, AIDS, uh, and he's like, "Well, start the treatment and shit. Like, let's get this thing going." Whatever. And 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 there, I mean, know he's an actor, but there's real panic in his face. Like he, you see it. Like it's it's yeah. You feel, and I felt for Dre the day he was at the hospital in the scene when he's talking to him and he's in a coma, you know? Yeah, and And, and the real Dre has said, like, that was one of the biggest things that weighed on him forever was, like, not being able to have that final conversation. Right, because Easy couldn't talk back to him. Yeah. And what was also accurate is Cube did show up at the hospital, but he was like, I can't, I'm not going to. I, I'm not going to go in there because he's in a coma, and I, I and he said he wanted the last memory to be a good one, which was yeah. at the club. I, I I have to agree with that. I I I you know having lost people in my life, both you know older and same age as mine. Like you know my my buddy um, and logo Mike knows him too. My buddy Brian died. Oh God, it's got to be 15 years ago. I think now. Hold on, is there a date on here? Yeah, I, I can't tell. The contest, the la- there was a memorial skate contest in his memory, and that was last one seemed to be like five years ago. But so maybe it's about ten years ago that he died. Now, um, mm-hmm. but this was a guy. I, I wasn't 
ultra close to, especially after we graduated, but when we were in high school, he always had my back and I always had his. Like he was just that that dude. Like and and he he hit me up one day on Facebook about two years before he died, and he's like, "Hey man, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Nothing." He's like, "Meet me at this bar and let's have a drink and hang out." I was like, "Fuck yeah, yeah dude, let's go!" And I'm and I met him there, and we sat and we laughed and. He, he he threw me under the rug a little bit, but that that was him, and I don't mind. Like like because we ran into somebody else we knew, and it was this girl that looked very different than she did in high school. And mm-hmm. like you think you're talking to your boy, you're like, dude, what happened? Because she looked and looked, and, and it was a positive change. And I was like, dude, that's impressive. And he yelled, he he yelled basically what I said across the bar to her, which was like, thanks, buddy, appreciate it, you know. <laughs> but. But it was also who he was. You know, I should have known better. You know what I mean? I really should have. And and I have a positive memory hanging out with him before he, you know. But then I also went to the viewing. So the last time I saw him was in the box. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I, I kind of with Cube, I wish the last time I'd seen him, the last memory I had would be from that bar when we were hanging out, you know. If if something were to happen to any of my friends, and that includes you, like I, it would be a hard thing to fucking go to that funeral. Like if, yeah. if I went to the funeral, I, I wouldn't want to sleep. I would hope it would be a closed casket. I wouldn't want to yeah. see my friends in a box. Um, you know, it, it, that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> let's move on to fucking City of Lies because this is getting dour, and it's not like City of Lies is an uplifting fucking <laughs> yeah, movie I was either. Say, but... Like it's gonna get happy now. I mean, but no, nah, well, let, let's let's fucking wrap this shit up. Like, um, yeah. So I okay. First, this continues the the police doing some pretty bad shit logic and. and- Possibly that Suge Knight is crazier and more evil than we initially thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have to say, I I believe all of those things are a hundred percent possible. Not not just yeah. Not not just possible, but likely. Yeah. Um. Now, what what I want to tell you before we get into the the roots of this this movie is, and I know you and I talked about this, but I cannot remember if we did it on an episode or if you and I were just shooting the shit Spit after. Bomb. Yeah, or shooting the shit after an episode or something. There was a because you brought up the people versus OJ. This is, I know what spawned the conversation. You brought up that people versus the OJ Simpson thing that was on FX a while back or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said to you that it was a sequel to that. Turns out I was wrong about it being a sequel, but it was a show and it was actually on USA, not on FX. And it was called Unsolved: The Murders of Big Biggie and Tupac Shakur. Mm. And it takes it from another perspective that's happening at the same time as it. Because this movie, this movie is not a biopic in the sense that because Forrest Whitaker's character doesn't exist. True. So, but it is based on true events more so than, say, Eight Mile is, you know. Um, And so... They actually depict Russell Poole in this Unsolved show. The -hmm. show and the Unsolved show saw um, stars Josh Josh Dumel. I think is how you say his last name. Josh Dumel. Dumel. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He he plays a guy named Detective Greg Cading, who is a real person, 
And then uh, Bokeem Woodbine is also in the in the movie. He you would probably recognize him if you saw him. I don't know if you'd know the name. Okay. Um but he's one of those guys you would recognize. I'm trying to see if I can find something quick. He actually yeah, he he's in Spider Man Homecoming. He's 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 the black guy, he's the black shocker. Oh, okay. Okay. That guy. Okay. So he's the guy who fucking looks like <laughs> He, I always kind of referred to him as like the evil Dave Chappelle. Okay, I can give you that. Sure, yeah. Because I've seen a ton of movies with him, and he looks like he would be like Dave Chappelle's older brother. And now the irony is now Dave Chappelle has like beefed up, and he they look virtually the same. <laughs> right, right. No, I've I've seen it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So he he's in it. So him and and Josh are your two main main guys, and they're heading up a task force to solve. Specifically, big. Well, initially Biggie, and then it it, it branches out into Pac as well because mm-hmm. they also determine that it's connected in some capacity. I would agree as such. Um. Well, there's people that theorize still that they're in the they're while close together, they're not connected that way. Like the 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 argument I've heard is that Pac was killed. Someone blamed Biggie's camp, even though they had nothing to do with it, and killed Biggie. So they'd be connected that way, but not the way that it's depicted in the movie. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Um, but the point of this for me is, A, I think you would like seeing this since you like City of Lies. It's a different perspective on the same story. Sure. Um, and I did look it up. It's on Netflix right now. So you could watch it on, on Netflix if you want. What's it called? It. Unsolved. Okay. Uh, that, that'll, that'll help. I'll, uh, I'll just look that uh, up. Yeah. Unsolved colon the murder of Tupac and the notorious B.I.G. is the name of the, the whole title. Okay. Um, but I bring it up for this conversation because Detective Russell Poole is depicted in this movie as well, or in this show as well, mm-hmm. by Jimmy Simpson. Jimmy, Jimmy Simpson. I know that. I know that name. You do know that name, and the he's thing the dude, he's he's from. It's always sunny. He was he's in the end of uh, Zodiac. If I he's in Zodiac. Zodiac's the one I think you would know. I I was going to use him to for you to know him from, but he's in a been about he's been in a bunch. Of, he's also in the movie Loser with. If you ever saw that movie, oh, with, I, I I haven't seen that in fucking. He's one of the three yeah. roommates that fucks with him pretty bad. That's gotcha. that's him. Uh, you know, uh, but yeah, he plays Detective Pool in in that show, and yeah. I I gotta say it it's sad because I feel I don't know who wrote that show, but I feel like they wrote it from the per- perspective of the LAPD because he comes off as a lunatic by the end of the by the end of the the series, right. And that's not what happens in this movie. You know, they try to discredit him, 100%. They try. Yeah. But it, it doesn't it doesn't line up as that way. You know, City of Lies had a lot going up against it. Like, this was, like, Depp's career was not doing great. He was doing a whole string of indie films that some of them just didn't even do well. Like, he made a movie called The Professor that, like, I don't know anybody who's seen it. I've heard um, of it. I don't I've not seen it though. Yeah. It's about a professor who's dying of cancer and like and it's like him looking at his life. I haven't seen it. I'm curious to see it. Sure. But he um but 
you know, the whole Amber Heard thing and, and all these allegations of abuse and that he's a drug addict and he's an alcoholic. There were also like there was controversy amidst City of Lies where he's probably going to have to go to court or, or some shit because one of the one of the crew members is suing Depp for assault. And what Depp's point of view is that he said he was defending someone because this crew member was was being aggressive to a woman. Mm. Now, look, we don't know what the fuck is going on, but this guy but there were there was that this this whole situation was brought up in the her Depp trial because they're trying to say like, oh, he was he Depp showed up drunk as shit on set for City of Lies and assaulted a crew member and like. Depp's team was like, uh, relevance? What the fuck are you talking about? This has nothing to do with it. Blah, blah, blah. And, and mm. you can't talk about that because that's a that's another court case that's going to happen probably in a year. Either way, there was a lot going on. And some people have theorized that it was this whole Depp being incompetent and unprofessional was also like the LAPD was pushing out that those rumors because they were trying to stop this movie or discredit this movie in some and, way. And honestly, between between things I've I've not again personally experienced, but things that I've experienced just by being alive and and mm. having watched both the Unsolved show, this, and doing some of my own research and watching straight out of Compton, none of that would surprise me. Because there's a very no. important line in that I feel like it's glossed over in City of Lies that really mm-hmm. kind of is the the thread that would unravel this whole thing to some degree. And I'm not saying solve the murders. I'm not. I'm not getting that conspiracy on it. But mm-hmm. there's a line about, and I, I missed the first part. But Johnny uh, Detective Poole is telling. Um, Jack about a, a specific theory and and he go and then Jack says to him if that happens that would open up the Valada Wallace case 100% and she and it would it would bankrupt the, it would it would start I think he said it starved the LAPD of money and and Poole immediately replies with it would bankrupt LA mm-hmm. and I I think there's some real truth to that. That oh yeah, that's what this is. If this because there's been so much cover up and so much going on that now if the truth ever comes to light, it's going to destroy LAPD so much so that it would destroy LA. Yeah. And I don't mean like riots. I mean like fiscally. You know. Yeah. The only thing that would help LA is Hollywood. That's the only thing that might give LA and. Southern California, a fighting chance would be the fact that Hollywood generates so much money yeah. that would help. I don't know if it would bankrupt L.A., but it would certainly take one of the biggest fucking hits of that any region in in a state could have. I mean, yeah. this is we're talking about one of the biggest fucking cover ups and and the biggest one. And it's unfortunately L.A. has had. Scandal after fucking scandal, whether it's fucking no, I mean, uh, Rodney King, OJ. whether it's Rodney King or OJ. Yeah, is, you know? is this doesn't help, unfortunately. No. And the fact that it's essentially linked coast to coast, 
you know, between fucking New York and L.A. Because it's you have the Crips and the Bloods included. Yeah, it's more Vegas and L.A. than New York. Vegas, it's it's multi-state corruption. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Well, I see. I here's the thing. I I have to re- I have to rebut on that. I think the only corruption is happening in L.A. I don't think that I think I think Vegas wants to solve the case. They can't because L.A. is blocking it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like I I don't and and New York. The only way New York is tied in it is because that's where Biggie's from. But New York's right. New York's police department has virtually nothing to do with this. You know, you, you're right. You are right. Uh, the best. I mean, this let's let's call this what it is. This is sort of the. This is the Kennedy assassination conspiracy of rap and hip hop because we're, we're, there is yeah, a cover up. We're never going to get an answer to this. There's no. never going to be. There's a very look. We'll put it this way. There's a very high likelihood, based on the things that happened in this movie, that that at least Biggie's killer is in jail. Maybe not for killing Biggie, but he's there for other things. So. Is there some justice there? Yes, but not completely because there's no answer as to who actually pulled the trigger that night and and shot him. You know. True, true. And behind for for our listeners behind the scenes, CJ and I both threw out the possibility of doing Notorious or All Eyes on Me mm-hmm. or both. And the truth is, is that I said, you know, I don't, I I, I could really use an easy week. You know, let's do three movies. And I said, I got a movie, City of Lies. Yes, it covers primarily Christopher Wallace's murder, but it also has to touch on Tupac's murder. It has murder to, as yeah, well. yeah. It has to. They are forever linked in, in some capacity or another. They're always going to be. Even if it turns out that it's two independent trigger men that have absolutely nothing to do with each other or with some bigger conspiracy. They're still mm-hmm. going to forever be linked together because I think my logic is accurate. If it is two independent people, it is 100%. Pac was killed. I, I think Pac was killed. If it's not this conspiracy, I think Pac was killed because he jumped that dude in, in the casino that night. I really do. Like, I've, I've seen that footage from the Tyson. I think it's the Tyson fight. And he, mm-hmm. and he, him and a, him and Shug and like two other people jump a dude in the, in the casino. And and retaliation for that shit happens. That 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 happens. That has oh, nothing yeah. to do with anything else. And and actually, there's an interview with Big in in the movie where he says, you know, when I heard Pac got shot, I was like, well, I mean, it, not that I didn't care, but Pac's always getting shot. He's gonna get up. He's gonna make a couple albums about it. And he's gonna be fine. And then when I heard he died, I was like, oh shit. So, like, it's not like Big D didn't care. But, like, right. pocket and shot, unfortunately, was not really like, oh, it's Tuesday. You know what I mean? But but then, because of that 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 beef between the two of them that both Biggie and Tupac said was kind of blown up by the media, it's not to say it didn't exist, but that the media took it another level, it would not stun me if mm-hmm. one of... One of Pac's fans said, "Oh no, this this was this was all Bad Boy and 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 Puffy and Biggie's fault." So I'm gonna take him out and went up and 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 
went and killed him. Like that that yeah. that would not surprise me. And mm. if you'll indulge me just one more minute, sure. I'll, I'll I'll tell you the reason I say that is because that's exactly what happened to Dimebag in Pantera. When Dimebag Darrow got killed, there was there was a split within the band and the fan that the the guy that killed Dimebag was very much like, well, I agree with this half of the split with Phil and, and Rex. Right. And and blame Dime and Vinny for for ending the band. Um, mm-hmm. It was his plan that night to kill both of them. He just didn't get both of them. He, he didn't get a chance. But you know, so it, it can be a conspiracy, and I'm not saying sure. that, that it's not because honestly, I'm more in the camp of yeah, Shug had something to do with this. Shug 100 percent did. Um, but I. Um, but I can at least acknowledge it's very possible that it's it's not that at all and something wholly independent, you know. We, we'll never know. Because no, we'll, we will right. never know. Fucking... We'll never get that in unless on his deathbed or some shit or, or they, they offer him some insane immunity deal. Shug says, all right, yeah, I, I plan this shit. You know, yeah, but he uh, would anyone really fucking believe him? Because like, oh yeah, oh, if, if, if he came out and said, "Yeah, I did it," I'd believe I would believe it a hundred percent because I believe already that he did it. And if he's just admitting to it, I mean, the key would be for him naming names. You know, like it wouldn't just be, "Oh, I did it," because that's just him being braggadocious at that point. No, right? But yeah, but that, if, that's but, what I was implying is like, would he just be taking credit and say "fuck all you" to hype himself? No, no, no. I no. Oh, and you're right. And I maybe I should be clear. Like if he came out and said, "Look, no, I, 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 I did this. I thought of it because I did it for this reason, and these are the people I, I brought in. These are the people that I was working with." You know, he would have to, he would have to lay the motherfucking thing out. This would have to be like a, like a sixty minute special type thing where you get the hour long thing of Shug just laying out the whole goddamn thing. You know. Right. If Sugar's getting fucking interviews like, hey, I killed Biggie and Tupac. Also, I killed Jimmy Hoffa. And also, I hit Obama's oh, yeah, no. birth certificate. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if he's doing that shit, it's like, yeah, well, no. all right, Sugar, shut the fuck up. You didn't <laughs> right. do shit. Yeah, exactly. But but if he's coming out and saying, yeah, you know. It, because or if he wrote a biography and he did it in secret and, like, you know, he pushed it out. And right, like right. Because here, here's what I do think, right? I th- I do I still think Pac got killed because of the jumping of that guy in Vegas. I think that mm-hmm. was I don't want to say random, but I think it was 100% related to that and that was it. What I think mm-hmm. happened after that and this is really the sadder part, not that the death of someone like Tupac isn't sad, but the mm-hmm. sadder part is that Suge and his fucked up brain said, "I know how to get rid of bad boy." I know how to get rid of Puffy. Mm. I know how to deal with this, and I can use this as the reason why. Do you think and, Puffy was also a target? Um, no, no, I don't because I don't. I don't mm. think. I don't think Suge views Puff as a as a threat. As a threat. Yeah, I think. I think he view, and I don't even think he. Honestly, I don't think he viewed Biggie as a threat. I think he viewed him as a symbol. And mm-hmm. Puff was not a symbol then. He's more of a no. symbol now. Sure. And I unfortunately, he's only a symbol because Big died because Chris got shot. Right. I, I think if Biggie were still here, would Puffy be around him? Without question. But mm-hmm. would would he be Puffy? I don't know. You know, I, I. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, the, the, it, 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 trying to keep track of this motherfucker. No, it, it's funny you say that because it's the joke going on on my radio show during Alphabets and Pieces. He's been on the he's been on the list now five times because he's in different positions because he keeps changing his <laughs> goddamn name. Um, he's been on the show five times that way. But no, but the point is that I I don't think he'd be as I as much of a symbol as he ended up being. And sure. and and yeah. That's what I think actually happened. I think I think he wanted to get rid of the competition. I think he thought mean Shug me mm-hmm. thought Bad Boy would crumble without Biggie. Yeah. You know, and I, it, I agree. It I, did, I, it, I look, man, I've been saying from the very beginning, I think Suge Knight is responsible for every bad thing that happened in fucking hip hop and rap. He fucking, you know, NWA, Tupac, fucking look, when when Snoop Dogg no. became Snoop Lion, I blame Suge. That's <laughs> okay, his fucking okay. fault too. Because I was gonna say NWA honestly is not Suge's fault. That's more Jerry than Suge. Well, if if what you see in Sherry Compton is factual, Suge Knight definitely helped uh, fuck up the group. But he helped expose way. what Jerry was doing. Like that's the sure, one good so that thing. way he could have control. Well, okay. But it's still the one good thing that I feel like he did. Like, like if, if these guys were really getting... No, 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 hear me out. Because if these guys yeah. were really getting screwed out of their money by Jerry, if Jerry really was screwing everybody except Easy, you yeah. know what I mean? And and they didn't know it because they weren't business savvy enough to figure it out. I wasn't going to say smart enough, but that's not true because they were all very intelligent. They just may not have been busy sa- business savvy enough right. um, to, to know that. and. And Suge found a way to shed some light on that. Yes, his motives might have been negative, but the the result was positive because Dre got out, Cube yeah. got out. You know, these people that deserved to get what they weren't getting got what they deserved in a positive way. You know, so Suge's thinking to himself, "Is like, how dare this motherfucker steal?" This money for these hardworking black That's guys. That's my job, That's mother. My <laughs> job, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so so from that perspective, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Shug's motives were probably bad. I'll give you that. But but his actions—it's the only time that actually had any real positive effect. You watch, like, you know, we're going to fucking be gunned down by Shug Knight. Well, after that's this what recording. I'm saying, man. That's why I'm glad we're going to be. I'm moving before he gets out of jail. Um, and I think anybody in Shug's crew, they're like, yeah, he did that shit. <laughs> like, yeah. um, also, what I did you think, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, but go ahead. It was a, I was gonna say, what'd you think overall of the movie? I did. Like I don't, movie. I don't view it as an amazing film. I think, I think with enough, I think it was rushed because they were like, fuck, we got to get this movie out there. There's all this controversy. And for the longest time it wasn't released. It was released video on demand, and I think at one point it was released in Italy first. Mm. It was only released in Italy, and then it was like, okay, I guess we're going to have to put this on VOD. So I'm aware this movie fucking didn't make money. Like, this movie made such little money. Like, when we when we do the fucking, you know, what's in the box office game, I'm I'm pretty sure this movie made, like, Two to three million dollars just based on VOD. Well, I'll tell you right now, there's no budget for this one, so you're only going to be able to do the box office. We don't, I don't have a budget, um, but we'll we'll get there in a second. Um, you, you're right in that in 2018 it was resu- released at the Nua in festival. 
in December of 2018, and then it was not released in the United States until March of 2021. Mm-hmm. So just That's last year. Yeah. And um, I think with enough time, it could have been edited a little bit cleaner. I, I, but to, to answer your question, I thought it was fine. Um, yeah. As someone who is a fan of the show, that show I told mm-hmm. you about, it was mm-hmm. interesting to see. I, I think I think that made it more interesting for me because I had a kind of a, a, a base to come from, like having watched mm-hmm. that show and remembering how they depicted Russell Poole in that. It was mm-hmm. really interesting to see it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Um, you never get that moment where those two characters, because at one point, in the Unsolved show, right, mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, time jumping. Mm-hmm. So there, there's modern day Josh Jamal and the angrier Chappelle, whose name escapes me right now. Um mm-hmm working this task force on these two cases and then it does a lot of time jumping back to Jimmy Simpson as Detective Poole at the time of. It does a lot of that. And then at one point the two characters do come face to face and it's not the moment that you see that's not the moment where Russell dies. It's it's another Mm -hmm. it's another moment. But that was also upsetting. Like I know it's true. It's true, yeah. Yeah. It's like God damn it, he was so fucking close. Was he though? I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, I I I, I want to think so, but like, even if that conversation in that office before he passes out or whatever happened, even then denying. they were like, "No, we can't do anything with this." You know, like, right? It just sucks that he was fighting the only fight that like no one else was fighting, and he he finally got some recognition. I mean, they made two fucking. You know, they made a, a miniseries and a movie about him. Mm-hmm. I will I will add this. Regardless of how I feel of the quality of the film itself, I absolutely love the fucking fact that Biggie's mom. Well, yeah, you, you, you touched on something I was going to touch on. She would not show up in the series. But she showed up for this movie. Mm-hmm. So Which... maybe she she's thinking like, this is how it goes. This is what I believe. This is the credible story about what happened. Yeah, I, I think I think that's what she's feeling. Yeah. And I didn't know it was her, but I, I looked at her. I'm like, holy fuck, she looks like Biggie. She looks I, like a fucking older woman Biggie. I, I looked it up to be sure, but she's got a very distinct voice that I've heard multiple times in the past. There's a great, great moment, Rico, and I recommend you try to find it because it's going to be on YouTube. It's not a it's not a movie. It's from a live TV show. Mm-hmm. But it's from the Video Music Awards '98, the okay. the MTV Video Music Awards, and they opened the show. It might even be '97. You have to, I'll have to, you have to look. But they opened the show with a Fini Shakur and Velada Wallace coming out together, and and basically saying, "We both lost our kids. Now can we knock this shit off?" <laughs> you yeah, know, that's hard. It is. It was really hard to watch. It's hard even to remember because it was so powerful. You know? Yeah. It it really was. You're gonna have to dig that up for me. It's probably on YouTube. I would just I would just search YouTube for it, honestly. It's gotta mm-hmm. be there. I, I have it on VHS. I know I do, because I used to record the video music awards every year. Um, right. and I still have all those tapes. So I'm sure I have it on VHS somewhere. But yeah, they came out together and were like 
can we knock this shit off now? Basically, I mean, they said it much more eloquently than that, but right. But was, uh, the words, everyone got the message. Like enough of this shit, guys. Yeah, can we bring like th- this West Coast East Coast rap shit is, is stupid. And like, and and to give Dre credit too, one of the first songs he put out on that new label Aftermath that he talks about in Straight Outta Compton was a song called East Coast West Coast Killers. Which, while in title sounds like it's in, it's perpetuating the thing, mm-hmm. when you hear the song, it's not. It's about like who gives a shit what coast you're from. Just just do this rap shit and be good at it. Like what the killers it's referring to is not shooting motherfuckers. It's it's killing with your lyrics, like being really good. And he brings mm-hmm. and and it's a collective group of. It's not just him rap actually. He's not on the track at all, except in the chorus. Mm-hmm. All the lyrics, it's like three dudes from the East Coast and three dudes from the West Coast, and he brought them in and then had them all do lines. Like, well, that was that was one of the understated parts. In I think I think it was straight out of concert because I saw them all kind of within a day of each other. Sure, sure. Um, during the Rodney King riots. It showed Crips and Bloods like tying their fucking yeah. colors together and yeah. holding that holding hands like me, united. Very, very powerful moment of that happening. The only thing that I, I didn't like about depicting the riots in both films, and, and you got a you got a second of this in uh City of Lies, but you didn't mm-hmm. get it in straight out of Compton. Listen, I understand Rodney King got the worst end of this whole thing and of the African-American community in L.A. for years, if not decades, were victimized by the LAPD unnecessarily. I respect all of that being wrong and then, you know, and then and those cops getting off, uh, meaning not being convicted, kind of being the straw that broke the camel's back. 100 percent on board with all of it. You know what I mean? I think I don't I, I still don't know what stealing a TV has anything to do with justice on that kind of shit. But that's a different discussion because the same thing happened in Minnesota with with uh, uh, Floyd, you know. Right. So, the same, yeah, that that's what. I, see, I, unfortunately, this shit will never fucking come out. But like, you know, I had that fucking that heart that that episode of that podcast episode I did with that fucking kid yeah. who was super conservative. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't know why that that audio has never come out. We we recorded five hours of that shit. He kept wanting to talk about Black Lives Matter because all the riots were happening sure. around the same time. Sure. And I look. My opinion about it is that I do think protesting is is important, especially I, for I, especially for Rodney King, especially for uh, for Floyd, Floyd and all yeah. that. That being said, I agree with you, and it has nothing to do with being black. And anybody no, who yeah, fucking like yeah, steals it, a TV, yeah, it, it, this is not uses a, the protest as or the riots as a cover. You are being an asshole. Yeah, you're not the, part of the problem. You're just being an asshole, right? Yeah, this is not a color thing. If 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 you went and stole, if you said, "Hey, dude, these riots were happening, and I got a sweet ass TV out of it," I would have been like, "Why?" Or destroying you know. a subway because that, like a subway sandwich, like a deli. Because I remember that happening out here, where there was like numerous subways and, and restaurants being broken into, and everyone's stealing meat. It's like this has nothing to do 
with any of this shit. Right. What the fuck so, are you guys doing? Look, my, that's a whole my, no, but my, my point for bringing all that up is that what got glossed over a little bit was Reginald Denny. I don't know if that name means anything to you, but I remember it very distinctly. No. It's day two of the, the L.A. riots after Rodney after the Rodney King verdict, right? Mm-hmm. And those things went on for like three to five days nonstop. Like, it was bad, you know? And again, I get it. Decades of corruption and mistreatment, it, it, it boils over. So I'm not... I'm not. It's also hard to stop. It's a, it is also very hard to stop it. This guy was a truck driver from, like, Omaha or some shit. And he was just driving through L.A. to get where he had to go. And they mm-hmm. stopped his truck. They pulled him from the truck and beat him half to death. Who's they? Uh, unfortunately, a bunch of African-American people. Now, I'm not saying that... It, it, it it was that group of like five people that are the assholes. I'm stressing that too. It was just that group of people that are the problem. But what good did that do? And and that's no better than the five cops beating on Rodney King. You know what I mean? Right. I know I'm not making a blanket statement. I'm talking about those five motherfuckers should have been tried and convicted for attempted murder as much as those cops should have been. Like right. I'm, there's no. You know what I mean? Like, there's no... Assault, assault. <laughs> right. And and you saw a very quick glimpse of it in City of Lies when they were doing, like, a montage of the riots. There was a mm-hmm. brief moment of seeing that truck, but they never touched on it straight out of Compton at all. And I, I would have just liked this scene where... Because there's a lot of scenes where they're showing easy... Andre independently watching the tape of the of the beating of Rodney King, and it's the actual tape. They they didn't reproduce that. That's the actual tape from that time. Right. I would have liked one scene after the riots of of, and honestly, I would have liked it to have been of Dre, just because again, I feel like he was the most level headed in the group. Seeing that moment of Denny getting beat up as well and going, that's not any better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That. Again, this is not, oh, well, the, you know, poor white guy. No, Rodney King should have never got what he got either. Neither of them should have been beat up, you know? Agreed. So I just want to stress that for anyone listening. Like, I'm not saying one was worse than the other. They're both fucking terrible, and neither should have happened. Yeah, Uh, we we are both saying the message. Like, we don't like when people are violent. We we are all for protests and and and, but having a riot and and beating the shit out of somebody who has nothing to do with the situation, you're not helping yourself. And all you're doing is, I hate to say it, but you're giving the other side, and you know what side I'm talking talking about, ammunition. Yeah. To be like, I, see, look at these fucking people. Yeah, they're, I, they're, they're just animals. Blah, I, th- blah, blah. I know, think even, I think even worse, it didn't do any good. It didn't do any good. And because it help and it, if, yeah. if you believe what's happening in City of Lies, we're talking five years later and the cops are worse than ever. Maybe it's not it. The difference is it's not as out in the open, you know, when you say five years because it's set in 2015. No, 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 no. Oh, City of Lies. But the story of Biggie and Pac and all that cover up is 97. It's five it's years. 97. After. It's, it's two timelines. It's 90. Well, I guess it's three. It's 97. It's 2002. And then it's 2015. Because the the interactions between fucking the uh, Forrest Whitaker and Depp are set in 2015. Yeah, then what's the O2? You said five years later of 97. Because of, of, no, 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 of, no, 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 no. The, the riots were 92. The Biggie and Tupac stuff were 97. Uh, yeah, you're right, you're right. 
So that, there's there's their five years that I'm that's the five years I'm talking about. True. So, um, so yeah, it's ninety. It's it. it, it, it the it, the only difference is it may not be as as in your face as it was back in ninety two of you know mm-hmm. the cops just randomly grabbing fuckers or beating them. You know. Yeah. Uh, that said, you know, going back to Straight Outta Compton very quickly, I love the scene in Detroit. Remind me. So they're about to do a show in Detroit for the first time as NWA, and before they oh. go on stage, they're listing off all the shit they can't say or do, and specifically, you can't do "fuck the police," and right. and they do "fuck the police," and and yeah, you know, obviously and that happened. In, that I mean, and it turns into violence again, in which we're not advocating. But what I did like about it was. Was that whole, was all of them, meaning NWA being like, fuck you, we're going to do, you know, like. So you'll, you'll maybe find this funny, but the the cop, the bald, older, yeah. aggressive cop, the one who is telling them they can't say that. And they do a close up of his face when they yeah. start performing, you know, fuck the police. He, in the middle of me doing all this, because I've been feeling like shit and like Steph and I have just been like enjoying fucking just laying back and like letting me heal. We were watching True Blood, and in the second season, that actor, the bald, fucking aggressive-ass dude, has a very small but poignant role in True Blood where he plays, like, head of security for this anti-vampire church. Mm. And he's about to rape uh, Anna Paquin's character because he just, just to further show that he is a piece of shit. As you do, you know. As you do. And a fucking vampire comes out of nowhere, grabs him, and snaps his fucking neck. So we watched that, and then we watched Straight Outta Compton. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, it's that motherfucker! <laughs> and I was like, fuck, fuck that guy! Yeah, fuck right? that guy! Yeah. Godric should have snapped your neck in this fucking movie, too. Um, but, and, they were, but they were proud of themselves. If you remember, they get, they get thrown into the truck, and after they're all in the truck, they're like, yeah, you know. They're laughing, and it's just a giant party. There's there's so many... I, there, I like it when movies do that. There's... Have you ever seen Four Brothers? Yes, once, but it, I don't remember much about it, but yes. So it ends with that, all the all the remaining survivors, like, getting interrogated with the cops, and they all say the same thing, like, oh man, I fucked your wife last night, and I fucked your mom, and they just get the shit kicked out of them by the cops during mm-hmm. interrogation, and they're all thrown outside like hey man what'd you say i told my fuck this mom it's like me too i told my fuck this wife like they're just like i, I love that kind of camaraderie of yeah, like yeah, fuck yeah. those guys right yeah all right let's let's uh, uh wrap this shit up the, the, yeah but this story just to wrap up the city of lies yeah the story I, the story is very compelling if you want another perspective on what happened to 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 Tupac and Christopher Wallace, I highly recommend. It. I do recommend you watch it. Is it the greatest I, quality movie in the world? No, you're right, but is it? It's not terrible, not by a long shot. I've seen way worse than this, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, should we play uh, what's in the box office and wrap sure, it up? sure. Let's start with let's do this in the order we did these. Uh, wait, I did want to see one thing very quickly before we get to it. Actually, give me ten seconds. Uh. Straight Outta Compton definitely won some awards too, and I'm actually pretty happy to see that. Um, nothing, nothing Oscar level, which is kind of disappointing because I feel like they, it did get nominated for best screenplay though. So there you go. That's that's. I, good. I remember that, uh, and I, I was, and I was one of the few times I'm like, yeah, they deserve it. They, they they it definitely deserves to be nominated. 
It de- it deserved. I I think it. Listen, I honestly feel like it should have been. This might have been before they expanded the top, the the best picture to ten. But if it wasn't, then it should have been in there. I think. Mm-hmm. But okay. Um, let me give me two more seconds. Scroll back up, uh, and we'll start with Eight Mile. Go ahead. I'm under the impression that it probably because there is a lot of. I'm trying to do the rationale like I do for every one of these movies. Like Eminem was Eminem, but so I'm sure like a good chunk of it was like do- owed to his fee Star as well power. as Kim Basinger. Well, I I would argue though, and you tell me, even though it is about M, for lack of a better phrase, and it's starring him, he was not known as an actor. Do you think no. he got as? Uh, do you think he got Eminem money to act? I think he. I think there was the option where his team proposed it, and then he was like, "No, if 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 that prevents this movie from getting made, then I'll take I'll take the the SAG minimum." Because he know? he's probably making money hand over fist a on that on that song alone, let alone all the other music he's put out pre and first. Sure. You know, so so I, my my thought is that if this was like Eminem's like tenth movie. Then I'm sure the budget would be higher, but I'm willing to bet it was less than fifty, less than fifty million, and I'm still including like two thousand dollars, you know, like the two, the year two thousand dollars. Right, right, right. Uh, so I'm gonna guess it's between. No, don't 35. give me a range. Give me a number. Thirty-nine million. I'll give it to you. It's forty-one. Forty-one. Yeah. All right. I'm willing to bet. I mean, I know that movie made so much fucking money like that movie made money okay not not including vhs and dvd but yeah these are these are only box office so yeah 240 million dollars i'll give it to you really 242.9 oh no shit look at me yeah you're doing pretty good this time uh okay Um, straight out of compton now this one has a range so give me a solid number and if you're anywhere in that range i'll give it to you in 2015, a lot of first-time actors, so their fees aren't going to be huge. Mm-hmm. The biggest actor, arguably, is probably Paul Giamatti. Uh, I'd say, yeah, it's him and Aldous Hodge. Even though you don't know who it is, he'd been in enough stuff that I would say he would he of the people in the film he he would garner more. That's all. I'm not saying he was like you know you know a list money, but yeah, I'm going to say. I'm trying to think of the sets. Oh, I mean, there there's some lavish houses and shit, but like they could have rent. That could have been Dre's house for all the fuck we know. Um, it could have been. I'm gonna say fifty mil. Okay, you hit the very end of the top end of the range. The top, the lad, the high number was fifty. So it was okay, 20, so it said twenty. I, I, I'm on this council, but I don't rate. I don't re- achieve no, the rate. No, 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 no. That would have been if you said fifty one. You said okay. fifty, so you you just make you just get the yeah, but no, it was twenty eight to fifty is what it was. So okay, um, box office. I like this game, but <laughs> uh, this is like me doing like math. Um, two hundred and fifty million. Lower. Two hundred million. Okay, I'll give it to you. Two hundred. Really? I'm on a fucking roll. Two hundred one point six. Two hundred one. 
wow. I keep, I'm almost like always there. Like that's I'll what you said like last time too. Like, yeah. You said that last, last episode too. Okay. Uh, city of lies. I don't have a budget on this one. I only have a box office. I'm willing to bet. I, I can make a guess on the budget. Okay. Especially okay. since it was like Johnny Depp wasn't doing great. I'm sure the budget was like 10 to $12 million. I, yeah, I have no way to confirm that. Cause there's nothing said here. So, but I'm willing to fucking bet it may between 2.5 to, you know, two to between two to three million dollars based on VOD. I'll give it to you. It's not VOD what? anyway. It's box office. Remember, these are only box office numbers, but right. it's two point eight. Oh Jesus Christ! Look at me. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I mean, we fucking. I'm re- we... I'm 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 interested to play this game next week. Next week's the one. I'm like, hmm. I wonder how that's uh, gonna I'll, go. Um, I'll probably fail. Um. Uh, it's going to be harder, so that's why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else to add? You want me to have my final words? No, I think we're good. I think uh, I, I, I actually I do I do have one thing I want to say. I think um, I think it I think it's important that you know uh, it always is this way, but I think it's more important in this one than any other one. Our opinions are ours. Mm-hmm. You're you're free to have yours, and we acknowledge and respect that so even if you don't share our opinion on some of the things we said today know that we are not the type that says that you're you're invalid for having your opinion and i think that's i think that's really important to stress on this particular episode so that's Mm -hmm. the last thing i have to say so all right cj spin that shit cj here with some show information and a few thank yous after I'm done, stay tuned for the damn it, our very own post credit scene. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your smart speaker, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you enjoy the show as much as we hope you do, make sure to tell a friend where they can find us too. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore blade and like this show page Potaskew podcast on Facebook. If you love music as much as I do, you should check out my alter ego DJ Xanthus on my radio show every Thursday from 9 p.m. to midnight ish and Saturday from 10 p.m. to midnight ish Eastern Standard Time at www.radio-airwaves.co.uk. I tend to run past midnight, hence the ish. Oh. And DJ Xanthus is on Twitter at DJXANTHUS. Make sure to follow that for show updates. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our awesome logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Check out tpublic.com slash if you want to display your love of the logo and Potaskew. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you our next episode. Don't forget the damn it. I do got a dumb friend named Cheddar Bob who suits himself in his leg with his own gun.
Rescue! Rescue.